Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast Live Draft Edition. I'm your host, Ian Hardis. Joining me, as always, the one, the only, Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. And no, not a $350 football guy's entry today. We're going main event, baby. 2K, $1 million on the line. Still a tight end premium, still 12 teams. But this is a big dog, Dwayne. Great day to be great. Yeah, man. These are fun. They're very interesting. I've done several over the weekend. This will be my sixth main event. Um like you said, same format, everything else the same. Uh, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, two flex spots, one tight end, but it's tight end premium, as you mentioned, 1.5 per reception. So tight ends will go earlier when you guys hear us talking. You're like, why the hell is Travis Kelsey going pick six? Well, that that's why Travis Kelsey goes pick six, just so you know. Um, but it's not just any main event, Ian. You know, we did have a contest over this weekend, um, basically saying, hey, if you check out our app, over at PFF, which is badass, if I might say so myself. Uh, you and I have given a lot of feedback in that. Nathan Yankee, Kevin Cole, everybody's had a hand in it. And uh, if anyone retweeted the tweet from the PFF main account and tagged someone else in it, they had a chance to be a one-third owner in this football guy, or sorry, in this FFPC main event for two grand, which has a million-dollar first prize. So someone, that special someone, you know, and I, you know, you're better at announcing stuff than Ian, like, you know, than me so like congrats. I, if you want to announce it you can congrats to the winner matt sepede sepede something like that s-e-p-e-d-e you guys know how to spell matt the man is still in college trying to pay off those student loans big chance to get that here man 333k i'm not sure what school is going to man but sounds pretty good to me <laughs> at matt sped on twitter so hell yeah matt congrats you know we've been dming him before so that would be pretty crazy if you were just listening to the pod and was like oh shit i won like here we go that would add a interesting twist the usual pod of <laughs> listening experience but we are drafting me Dwayne, and in spirit of matt so great we, day. we've got the dms up with matt and and over on twitter so yeah, we're, we're going to be listening to feedback. We're, we might have some tiebreakers, Ian. You know, we might hey, we'll see what happens down here. I am very open to, hey, we got we got three people now, man. So it's not just Ian versus Dwayne. It's Ian versus Dwayne versus Matt. But speaking of <laughs> no pressure, that, Matt. speaking of the new PFFF, guys, you can get access to the industry-leading fantasy football advice, PFF's exclusive betting dashboards, the latest premium football analysis, all in the palm of your hand. The app is free to download and use until the 2022 season starts. When you sign up, leave us a five-star review with your 2022 Super Bowl prediction and final score, and we'll share the best ones in the show again app is free to download and use until the season starts so if you still have those fantasy football drafts go ahead and get this on your side with the draft now mode with all the strategy stuff quad force truly i don't think there's a better one-stop shop for all things fantasy football than what we have so pff app you like it you love it leave that five-star review with your 2022 super bowl prediction and final score and we'll share the best ones on the show Dwayne, now it's time to live in the freaking moment Absolutely. Almost on the clock. We're picking out of the 11 spot here. I think this is our eighth draft, I want to say, and seven of this, them. Uh, yeah, I think this is seven. It might be eight. Seven or eight. Uh, every single one of them except one. We have been picking like six or seven or later, maybe even eight or later, man. Living in the back half, but I like it back here, Dwayne. 
Dude, I love it back here. So I drafted a ton this last weekend from the one, from the two. Even I had a couple spots in the three and the four. And basically what you have to do down there is you have to take CMC because you basically have to bet on CMC blowing up to account for all the teardrops that you're going to miss. Um, coming back to you, um, there is a teardrop in round two. There's another one in round five. And then there's another one in round seven. So I think actually drafting from this position, which it is now on us, Mr. Harditz, um, I, it's absolutely advantageous, especially in this format where it's tight end premium. So my thought here, so we just, so everybody knows, just a quick, quick catch up. Jonathan Taylor off the board, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson to the four hole, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase to the six pick, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Travis Kelsey, and now Devontae Adams. I am a Stefan Diggs. Yep. Homer at this pick, Ian. You? I'm just drafting him. I did it. <laughs> uh, sorry, Matt. No, uh, sorry. Oh, you yeah. wanted Derrick Henry. We already got bad. two. We, 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 we still got... love you. We still love you. But, you know, hey, look, we want to win a million bucks just as bad as you. Let's pay off some student loans. No, I was uh, just zeroed in on Stefan Diggs already. Look, I mean, Derrick Henry would be dope, but we see him slide even in the round two. And if we don't get Henry, we still got Saquon, still got Kamara on the board, even at Mark Andrews. So Stefan Diggs, to me, especially after Devontae Adams was even off the board, clear next uh, top receiver. So CeeDee Lamb, someone that, you know, you just don't need to be taken out to turn. Easy pick with Stefan Diggs, in my opinion. And Dwayne, we were talking even late last week, and we've touched on the topic throughout the offseason, but you really could argue that Diggs is right there in that upper tier with yeah. uh, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. I mean, look, he still has a chance at a 28, 30% target share in an offense that's going to throw the ball more or at least equal to any other offense in the NFL. And we've seen him do it in the past. I know people will quote in the bit, well, Stefan Diggs, you know, until like two years ago, he was never a, you know, really a top 12 guy. Well, he played on a run heavy offense. You have to calculate that in. And so they didn't throw the ball as much. Now you're in a pass heavy offense. You have a guy that can demand targets. And as much as we like, Gabriel Davis, as much as we're fine with throwing a dart at Dawson Knox, we've talked at length about Isaiah McKenzie. At the end of the day, uh, we can throw James Cook in there. None of them have been proven to really be able to demand targets, wow. which means, it, man, what if we get a 30% target share in this kind of offense with Stefan Diggs? It could be Marvin Harrison-esque. We could get 200 targets out of Stefan Diggs. So, yeah. So, Mixon and Swift off the board here, Ian. So, this is a really tough pick because there's so much left that we like. I love picking like pick eights, my favorite this year, because basically all these things that we're having to decide between one of them is always available. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll take like the one that's left. Um, so Mixon and Swift off the board. I, I love, I'm, I, I want to pass Henry here personally, Ian. So even though, even though we all objectively have Henry ranked ahead of Saquon you, and Kamara, you still think we should pass on him? Well, I, I'm also fine not taking Saquon. I'm fine taking either Andrews or Pitts just because of the way these boards work. But I would also take Alvin. I would take Kamara or Barkley and an absolute heartbeat if you said either one of them. If you said Mark Andrews, Andrews. I, I can go, let's go with Andrews. Three. Let's go Andrews. Right, let's do it. All right, here we go. Mark Andrews. Uh, Matt did say he's good with whoever. Great. So. <laughs> oh, we just took Derrick Henry. Son of a bitch. <laughs> How do we do this? We're talking. We've how many of these drafts ah, have we done? And this, that's our first auto draft. That's all right. All right. So hang on. I was I'm taking care of this. Mark <laughs> Andrews went next. 
Uh, so this is us trying to do this live. Well, we're actually trying to do this the right way. We have not auto-drafted all year, but I did just say pause. So with Andrews off the board, do you still want Derrick Henry or do you want to go with Kamara or Barkley? I, I would say Barkley just to like take a big swing, but it's up Dude, to I think we got Henry in round two. I want to go with Derrick Henry there. Again, okay. I think the... You know, you're talking about Leonard you know, McCaffrey. I think with Henry, you arguably have the same sort of best case outcome, but we can actually get it in round two. All right, I'm, I'm taking, I'm sending the vote to Matt. I'm typing right now. It is, man. I just think that, we, like, at the closer and closer we get to the season, you know, we're flirting with like the Saquon. And, oh, how high can we get Saquon? The you want Henry here? I want Henry here. All right. You don't want pits? No. It's good, dog. All right, that's not, fine. That guy was so ready to pick. So God. Like how embarrassing. Like we do a main event. Like I've not auto picked all <laughs> off season. We're sitting here talking, not paint, whatever. You that's know what? Right. It's gonna be funny when we look back and we're like, you know what? Hey, Derrick Henry went off like a freaking boss. Dude, we got Henry at 202. That's why I'm not like upset about it. We got him freak. Like he's ADP pick nine. I know he does slide into round two occasionally, but that's still really good uh, value there. Andrews was perfectly fine, but I didn't think it was, again, we were toss up. You were kind of torn anyway. So that's what I'm saying. It was a toss. I thought it was pretty much a toss up between Andrews or one of these dope running backs. And I preferred Henry to the other running backs. So I'm fine with it. Still. Well, we're good. They're they're draft resuming. You know what? I'm also good with Henry in the second round. I'm not taking him in the first. Right. It's not egregious money stretch. We're fine. Sorry if folks hear my keyboard. I am typing back and forth with Matt. We're like we're having we we're having input. And what? he says he also said that uh he said no complaints with the Diggs Henry start. So awesome. he says he says that's the path to paying off student loans, so we're good. What do we always say, Dwayne? Don't panic. Do I sound like a man that's panicking right now? You uh, Ian, you never for people that don't know you, you I don't I don't think I don't think panicking is even in your bone. I don't think it's in your DNA. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think weed helps with that. Anyway, looking <laughs> at uh, this as we continue to go, Saquon Barkley off the board, coming back around Kyle Pitts right after him. So, yeah, you know, I don't want to play the long, long, long term tight end game like uh, we infamously did one time, but we're not going to force it as usual. Well, we don't have to here because coming back. I'm kind of I'm I don't necessarily want to take another Kittle share down here, but I would take a Waller share to mix in with what we have. It's just a better quarterback offense is going to throw the ball more similar profiles. Like I would be willing to get on board with Waller, but if we can't, typically you can get Goddard at the beginning of the sixth. If not, like dude, we've honestly I don't know that I've warmed to any position more than the late round tight ends now. Now that we know with Njoku, you know, we're probably looking at an 80% route participation. Mo Ali Cox at a 75%. Brevin Jordan a little more cloudy. I'm I'm not gonna freak out. Um, not gonna panic, if you would say, Ian, <laughs> about OJ Howard when you get cut for guys that I don't even know your names at tight end um in Buffalo. So OJ Howard's probably just washed at this point. Alberto is um, fine at this price with the way things are going. Yeah, and then there's Mo Ali Cox late. There's Evan Ingram that looks like he's going to be around an 80% route participation. Um, you know, so I do think there's certain things we can glean from preseason. There's certain things that we can't, and not all of these that I'm talking about will hit, but if we can draft two to three of them, I'm just way more comfortable than I was, say, 
three weeks ago with waiting on tight end. Like if you have to, I do think we have uh, some legit candidates emerging from it. And I know that you haven't come around, but I still do believe in Mr. Hayden Hurst as well. So if we can get three (laughs) of those guys throughout, we just don't necessarily need a top nine or 10 or so guy. Dwayne, if we do, at the right price, you know, get someone like a Goddard or an Ertz or maybe even a Dawson Knox, then do you think we're good with two or is this still a build where you think maybe a three given that's tight end? I think we just see what happens. We see what happens with the draft. Like, honestly, I've been just destroying Njoku for the last four days (laughs) in round 10 or 11, like just making sure I get him and then basically reading the board and just being like, okay, what's going to happen? How do I want to play it? Um, and then just reading the book and just, just basically playing it from there. So um, I, I feel like we're, it could be a two, it could be a three. I mean, there's even Bellinger at the very end, right? 80% route participation with the starters this preseason. Ricky Seals Jones is out Bro, of the season. There's Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas is someone that, yeah, I don't think he's going to play week one. I didn't expect him to play the entire first month or two of the season potentially, but here we go, Dwayne, another ACL story where the guy's, has a chance to you know beat the timeline by seemingly months. So gotta love uh <laughs> gotta love modern science and everything that Bill Nye has done for the field. I just think uh double those- birds to all injuries this offseason. <laughs> hey, great man. That's that's the thing about it. I, I absolutely love it. So and I also well <laughs> I wouldn't say I love this, but the the Achilles talk with Marlon Mack, like Marlon Mack gets cut from the Texans practice squad and all of a sudden people are victory lapping like Cam Akers takes and stuff like all right, I'm not sure that it's a one-to-one you know example of this going on and it only really seems like Dwayne we've been Travis Etienne guys the whole uh offseason and stuff like how come the people that are saying oh look I can't make it give me nothing come back from the Achilles I never hear people saying that about James Robinson it always it's always seemingly reserved for Cam Akers so I know big difference between you know where Akers is going versus where James Robinson is going but man like it, it's still one of those things where I don't exactly want to give Robinson uh the benefit of the doubt there either and we have it yeah. And people definitely get take lock. And that's something you just want to be really careful, careful of. Um, I'm fine if you get take lock later in rounds. Um, and depending on how really solid the draft you were in, you know, is going, you know, so I was definitely in some drafts this weekend where nothing really fell my way. Like basically I had to in my position say, okay, like, yeah, I'm definitely about archetypes and tiers and all these things. But at the end of the day, the only way to differentiate myself is like I have to make a stand on a certain player. And I did like Michael Thomas was kind of the guy for me um, in the fifth and sixth rounds or really in the fifth round of some drafts um, where I was drafting down, you know, from the one, from the one hole. But, yeah, I think every draft, Ian, um, is a unique dynamic living organism, <laughs> you know, as is every season. Of course. So you kind of got to read the room, you know, so we'll see how the rest of this plays out. Um, but at the end of the day, like I feel super confident like and 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 what we'll be able to do later michael thomas is my pick for a comeback player of the year there's some other guys that have a chance to uh win that but i don't think there's a chance man that michael thomas could win comeback player of the year and then we get chris alave snatching the offensive player of the year Jameis winston was born to put up big numbers on mediocre teams like we've seen him do it before that's exactly who he is like i think that could happen and the buccaneers still run away with the south and the saints are like a surprisingly entertaining and productive like eight and nine team i don't think that's out of the range of possibilities like maybe their defense is still really good but i don't think we're going to see this like ball control offense look at the receivers they had last year they had it's in their best interest to air the ball out now and you know whether or not Jameis is really able to do that fine but you know come on Jameis versus dalton i think you ride or die with Jameis if you're the uh, new orleans saints that could be very good for thomas alave and hell maybe even jarvis landry who i don't have the most shares of but he just seems to uh 
one of those guys to win. Jarvis Landry was like, eight, I, I went and looked at it one time, but that dude has beaten his uh, preseason ADP like seven of his eight career seasons or something uh, bonkers. You know, basically Tyler Boyd before him. He, he was he had a higher peak than Tyler Boyd. I'm trying to compliment Jarvis Landry here, everyone. We'll see what happens with You, you should keep going because you haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> My dogs anyway. are going nuts. I have them on mute, though. So sorry, dogs. You're not getting on this podcast. Like, I'm muting you. <laughs> As we get into round three, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and Javante Williams off the board. This week one, I'm, I'm finally in the week one mode. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon getting the Seahawks. Oh my goodness. This was already the league's worst defense against running backs last season. Fancy points per game, receptions, receiving yards. And now it's like, hey, see a Bobby Wagner. I'm sure that's going to really improve things uh, going on, stopping opposing running backs. So Javante, Melvin Gordon, even week one, don't be afraid. Obviously, Javante is going to be in your starting lineups, but I really wouldn't be surprised if Melvin puts together a nice week as well. There goes Darren Waller off the board. If Kittle comes back to us, Dwayne, are we smashing it? Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Because I, I'm just feeling, honestly, like Goddard and Kittle are the same thing at this point. And there's a two-round discount on, on Goddard for Kittle. As much as we love Kittle, and I will always defend planet Earth with Kittle. <laughs> correct. Like, always. Like, if aliens show up tomorrow, tonight, you know, in a month, doesn't matter. Kittle will definitely be on the field, not Goddard. But I, I just feel like in fantasy land which is really what we care about like the two round discount is enough to make me let kittle go because of the opportunity cost so actually matt just um asked us targeting etn with one of these next two i, I think the answer is yes we have him in the queue we've got mike evans dj moore Cortland sutton etn in the queue right now ian is there another player that you would want to, good nick chubb goes anybody else you would want to have in the queue i'm kind of a little i'm a little leery around James Connor with Derrick Henry already on the team, right? Connor is a guy that's been a bit injury prone, so I could easily pass receiver here. The other thing, thinking multiple steps ahead, um, we know that at the end of round five, end of round six, typically Chase Edmonds is available, and we've both really warmed to him. Damian Pierce is also typically available, so I really feel like the way receivers get pounded in these rounds, I wouldn't mind receiver-receiver if I were to – you know, capitulate and move off of, I just said, what the hell capitulate? <laughs> if I, if I were to change my mind and go a different direction, like Travis ETM pass catching explosive back would definitely be in the convo. I think receiver receiver were some of the names we got on the board here. We already got our big dog. I, and you know, it's, it's annoying me on fantasy Twitter, how like everyone just thinks they're like, completely like shocking the entire world by saying like you don't need to have the strongest rb2 uh out there on your roster but it's true man so it's one of those things where we have it is Henry. true and we've also known it for about five years but that's anyway. my point like it's not something that i think everyone has <laughs> we're not this is not this is not new news folks come on it's, it's and, not and i love some of the people tweeting yeah. that stuff but whatever yeah it's all right, man. I, I hit a wall with some of this just the offseason tweeting about a week or two ago, man. And you know, I, I've been trying to push through it, but I am so fucking I must ready say you push you push through you push you push through fabulously hard. It's you know Thanks, like man. Yeah, look, man, you you're definitely like one of the top Twitter accounts to be following. So I think you do a nice job of pushing through. I was deleting some Millers uh, this weekend in Scottsdale. That was a fun time. <laughs> so I was able to get my get my mind right before the season as we get Yeah, closer. I saw the fridge. The fridge was quite stocked. That, that, that was for me and about 19 other uh, dudes. We had, bro, like a uh, former Notre Dame players hanging out, and I was the only Ohio State fan there. Naturally, uh, you know, had to be a massive dick to everyone. So that was a fun time. Uh, you know, 
tough, gritty win for them Buckeyes. Gotta love that. I can't believe, like, Dwayne, this could be a Mike Evans share if he falls to us. Like, I know we haven't gotten many. We've kind of had our talks about Mike Evans uh, throughout the offseason. My goodness, though, end around three. I know I just jinxed it by saying that, but, like, that, that would have been cool in an alternate reality if I didn't talk about Mike Evans and he, he actually fell to us here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you on Evans. If he gets here, I'm totally good with it. Coming back, I want Amon Ra, Allen Robinson, or Jalen Waddle. So, okay, damn it, Mike Evans. Ian, you know the rules, man. You take a few days off. I've already accepted and come, it. And you come back, and you start <laughs> naming these names. What is wrong with you? I think this pick is uh, DJ Moore. Um, he, just want, Moore. he already wants just went, He just went. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so then it's up. Uh, so here's my thing on this pick. Sometimes the turn pick will take Amon Ra. So who would make you more sad? We have 37 seconds, so we don't jack things up again. Mm -hmm. What's the player that would make you the most sad if we missed him on a main event? For me, it's Amon Ra. Like it, I could take any one of these other receivers and be happy. And I the guy only missed, has two picks. I think there's a tier break at receiver. I wonder if we go Kittle and take the best wide receiver available on the next pick. <sighs> Come on, wait on Goddard, man. Come on, let's wait oh, on we, Goddard. I'm telling oh, you, these what if we don't get Goddard? Because we need to keep the door open for Chase Edmonds in round six. We may not get Goddard, but we're going to be okay. I'm telling you. Monra round three. All right, do it. Boom. Let's make a stand. Love it. I hope we freaking get Goddard. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a really good shot at Goddard. And if we don't, like I said, like we just feel, we feel way better about the receivers now, you know, that come back around. So, okay. I still don't ETN's free falling sometimes, man. Yeah, we'll take if ETN comes back, we can take him. I mean, I would still love Jalen Waddle or Allen Robinson, though. And then we get Chase Edmonds as our RB2 still in round five or six. Chase Edmonds is basically arbitrage. What about Terry McLaurin? How come he's not in this conversation? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with McLaurin. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm fine. I, I've got to be honest, there's some bias i've got him a ton way on the other end i've been getting him down there at like you know in the early fifth round so it's like my exposure is really high there goes waddle that's far but but hey this is me and you and you know this is matt so it's okay like we we don't we don't have to you know do it my I, way i do, we do like alan robinson right we both yeah like i just still think mclaurin's like a tier ahead of him we're i mean robinson okay. is still the clear too we know, have McLaurin's him in the same the we one. have mclaurin above technically I mean, if we're if we're putting bets down on the guys we like, my thought is okay, fine. If if ETN's here, we take him. If not, we take McLaurin. And also, are we positive we don't want Connor here, man? I don't like the he's a little injury prone. We have Henry. I feel like that's playing scared. What if Connor no, and Henry that, don't get hurt? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. If you want to take Connor here, I will. I will I be down with Connor or McLaurin, and I'm happy to let you pick between that. There goes Robinson. I think McLaurin is the best wide receiver. I think Connor is the best running back. We don't need another running back. You're called. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it to Matt. <laughs> I'm typing him right now. Come on, Matt. Uh, so uh, Ian wants Connor or McLaurin. McFarland says ETN. Lauren. He leans Connor. You win. He wants Connor. Okay. Yeah. Once again, done. like I, I get and it's a value. We're getting it. Him and Henry. Like. Okay, I see the issues here. They got baked into it, so we got them cheaper. Yeah. The, the only challenge with it is I really love the running back value that falls back in rounds five and six. The receivers get a little weird. Yeah. As long as you're okay to some names like Metcalf 
Oh yeah. Um, and okay. who knows? We could get lucky, and we could we could go Metcalf, Allen Robinson. Uh, sorry, Allen Robinson. We could go Metcalf, uh, Michael Thomas. Um, you know, some some things can happen. So there goes Zeke. You can make an awfully intriguing uh, argument for DK Metcalf. You know, you start pulling out the numbers he put up in like the three and a half Geno games last season. You look at the, you know, the available, tar- not the available targets, but just the target ceiling and a bad Seattle offense is going to have to be thrown from behind. Like, look, there is a, I don't want to say a good chance, but I don't think Mech, what is Metcalf going to only have like a hundred targets in 17 games. There's no way. Like I'd probably say he's going to finish closer to 150 than hundred, even 25. So from that perspective, it's just one of those things. And honestly, Tyler Lockett seems to be getting the short end of the stick here too. I'm so tired of, just everyone kind of dismissing what Tyler Lockett's done and attributing it only to Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, Russ has some pretty damn good ball placement over the year. I think Lockett freaking being parallel to the ground and toe dragging his feet, any freaking area on the field is pretty impressive as well. So it's just wild how like Lockett really has like pick pretty much any efficiency stat you want over the past three seasons. Lockett has been just a little bit better than DK Metcalf. They've both been fantastic. I understand. I've watched them play. I would take DK Metcalf, my real life team and my fantasy team, but I don't like the disrespect for Tyler Lockett, Dwayne. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, well, I mean, Tyler Lockett's a really good player. So, I mean, I totally get it. Um, I, I do think that Gino, that his like stylistically and the small sample you talked about lends itself to the way that, you know, DK Metcalf and him have that connection. Um, but again, it is a small sample, you know, Russ, and it's not taking anything away from Tyler Lockett, but, but Russell Wilson was really able to erase like the limiting factor around Tyler Lockett, right. Which is his height because he would just let his speed win everything. And he, the way he would throw a ball just didn't matter if he had a six, two corner, six, three, I mean, it didn't matter. Like, uh, you know, an NBA center could have been guarding, Tyler Lockett, and there was no way to defend the pass from Russell Wilson. It's basically a punt, right? That turned that would turn over perfectly and land him right in the breadbasket every time. I think the challenge for Gino is he doesn't have that gear, and so if that's how Tyler Lockett wins, there could be other ways. But I think they're going to have to get creative schematically to really feature Tyler Lockett in the right way. I think with DK Metcalf, he fits what Gino wants to do—more of a one-read quarterback, open, not open. Let me just get it to my dude. With Lockett, that's a little tougher, right? In tight coverage, you're throwing to a smaller target. So I do think there needs to be distance between them. But to your point, like Tyler Lockett's a freaking great player. Like, I just feel like too much distance. But at the end of the day, DK's falling probably too far as well, right? So both players probably go too late. I definitely would rather bet on DK in round five, round six than Lockett in round eight or nine. I know that's still too much of a, it's probably still, to your point, fair, too much of a gap. But like, if I had to just put a chip on one of them still being able to blow up the season, I definitely lean more, you know, to Metcalf. It's just more so the revisionist history with Tyler Lockett. People get pissed because he had like a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, but a lot of it came in three or four weeks. So like, they didn't give him credit for that season. Well, that, yeah, either. That, stuff, and, that stuff's stupid. That's and now stupid. it's just like, well, yeah, Tyler Lockett is a product of Russ's deep balls. Like, yeah, it helped, but I think Lockett was a pretty damn big piece of that as well. I will say with Gino, a uh, shout out Steven Ruiz and, you know, one of my favorite follows just in our NFL fantasy. He's not a fantasy guy, but in our uh, football community, there we go. And uh, does uh, does great work over at the Ringer. He had his uh, 2022 QB rankings come out. Smart guy had a good process for it, watches. You know as much film as anyone. Geno Smith, man, 22nd ranked quarterback for Steven. Tua 23, uh, Jared Goff 25, Daniel Jones 26, Carson Wentz 27. Uh, just some examples of the other guys around there. So, and look, I say that not as like a how the hell could you have Geno 23? Geno has been 
really good in small limited action over the last two years. And you say, well, what happened the previous four years? He didn't play, man. So would it be the most shocking thing ever if the freaking Jets team that Geno started his career on was like really bad and he didn't know what he was doing just coming out of college and now he can at least be like a mediocre average quarterback? I don't know. Like, I'm not, I think Gino is 100% better than Jacoby Brissett. Is that a fair take? Is that a fair take? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I think of them as similar, <laughs> but, but I, I do think you bring up good points as far as like we've basically, you know, Gino's been typecast. You know, if he were an actor, he's been typecast, right? Yeah. Um, but we don't know for sure. People were um, pissed off at Gino because he took the Eli Manning start, even though, let's face it, Eli was freaking trash that year. It really wasn't the worst idea in the world. Now, publicly, obviously, we saw how it turned out, but I don't know, man. Yeah. So I've got the draft <laughs> sheet now over to Matt so he can see the players that we're marking off as, we as we go. So um, so basically coming back here, man, um, like the receivers – you know, we had we had a few backs go after us. It was nice to see Zeke go ahead and go. Then you get Kittle, Schultz. That's good news. Schultz going off the board. Josh Allen in the middle of the first round. Then they're back on the receivers. Gabe Davis, Jerry, Judy, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks. So, like, I'll be honest. Like, Metcalf, Bateman, Michael Thomas are my targets uh, or our targets. We've got Dallas Goddard in the queue. Chase Edmonds is a backup plan. I don't typically draft three backs. This this is like a uh, this is like a uh, what is this a Corona commercial? I don't always drink. I don't always draft three backs, but if I do, like chase chase. Evans no, that was uh, oh man, Dwayne, that was Dos Equis. Was it Dos Equis? My bad. Come on, Jesus Christ, Dwayne. Come and, on. And, and I'm drinking wrong? up. I'm drinking a Pacifico. Shout out Mexican beers. Love you. <laughs> I yeah. I'm look. I'm drinking a a Michelob Ultra and a festive Amanda's koozie. This is a man. This is my wife's koozie. So anyway, my, uh, my beer is cold, Ian. <laughs> my, my, I've, my, I've got a reserve sitting here. That's not in a koozie. Like I should have that in a koozie too. Like I'm just not, I'm not prepared. It's funny you say the Michelob because my dad uh, has worked at Anheuser-Busch for like 20 years. And so when I, when I was growing up, you know, they get freaking stocked with free beer. So I, uh, Michelob was using my parents' choice. So like uh, growing up, you know, 13 year old Ian sneaking a beer or two out of the garage and it was like heavy freaking Michelob. So it took me, you know, a good bit of time to just even kind of get used to uh beer. Cause I was just uh, struggling to adjust to Michelob, but now Dwayne, one of my favorite, why that would be like, it's like drinking water. Like it should have been an easy adjustment. I don't know. It just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was 13. It was tough. So either way, overcome conquered look where I am now. So Juju Smith-Schuster off the board with the first pick of the fifth round. How come, uh, how come Goblin hasn't gotten more of a bump here, Dwayne? I see you have him ranked 30th overall. I do think that out of similar with Michael Thomas, like it's an opportunity to draft someone far below where they're going to be once they're healthy. I know Goblin isn't quite there as Michael, Tom as quite there as uh, Michael Thomas is, but it doesn't seem that far off. Well, he's going to be in play. There's three play, there's three receivers not marked off and the tiers we're really loving and it's DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin. Come on, one, um, one of them. I, I, I know. This, so, and it's not an I told you so thing. I think James Conner was a good value where we yeah. got him. But this is the reason to go receiver instead because when you come back, like as much as I love James Conner, I really still feel good about you know Chase Edmonds as a pivot play, you know, as my RB two. Or if the draft board falls right, right, I just take another receiver. I take Goddard. And we know that Chase, you know, typically Kareem Hunt is there in round seven. Cordero Patterson is is there in round seven, round eight. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that we really you know like. Whereas receiver, the drop off because people do not stop; they keep taking them. Like they, it's like receiver, 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 
receiver. So it's just something to be cognizant of, you know, when you're building out your rosters, you're just thinking through, you know, all the different options. But yeah, I'm really hopeful that we get DK Metcalf or Michael Thomas back to us. They just took Chris Godwin. So the battleship is being uh, fired all around. (laughs) Hardits. Slowly but surely. Um, But hey, if they take them, then guess what? Maybe we get a little funky. And I know you say you don't draft three RBs, but damn it, Dwayne. They're all values. We're going to roll. Yeah, dude. Well, no, Edmonds is definitely a pivot. If we need to, they're leaving, they're leaving a lot of these backs alone. Like Brees Hall's falling right now, like a rock. Um, what's interesting, you know, is I've got Brees Hall actually still ranked slightly above of Edmonds. Um, but man, if like it came down to it and I got to pick between the two, um, I haven't been necessarily faced with this question. Like, which one would you take Ian Brees which Hall one? or Chase Edmonds <sighs> on this team? That's a tough one. Can we not worry about it for this now? Okay, we'll think about it. <laughs> can, can we answer uh, in a minute? <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We'll have to answer in a minute. There goes TJ Hawkinson. I do uh, kind of lean uh, Chase. That's not good because it, I'm fine with Hawkinson going, but I want I want Goddard to be an option in our queue. I think receiver receiver is still the ultimate plan if we can make it work, but Metcalf and Thomas are both at the very top of the queue. I've got Elijah Moore at the bottom of our queue. Uh Elijah Moore, like to me, is basically DK Metcalf, um, but nobody knows yet, right? Obviously, Metcalf <laughs> is a bigger dude, but just hyper-explosive guy, Ian. Like, you just, there's not much you can do about Elijah Moore when he's healthy, like in my opinion, especially if they're like scheming anything to him. And it's it's the same, it's the scheme, you know, that the Shanahan's use. And so, like, I just, man, the more I hear that, like, Garrett Wilson hasn't necessarily won a starting spot yet. Corey Davis, we're like, okay, great. We like Corey Davis, but I just feel like, man, Elijah Moore is probably about to go nuts. So I also have him in the queue. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Brees Hall, Dallas Goddard, Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf, all in our queue. We have three picks until we are on the clock. I like those names, though. You know, Justin Herbert, good. That was definitely not in our queue. Just absolutely second quarterback off the board Ooh, look at that the 1b tier at quarterback has expanded trey lance stand up qb7 i have uh my new new look kind of quarterbacks article coming out tomorrow on pff.com and I, i'm doing a bull take every week and i'm calling it man trey lance overall qb1 in week one just gonna hit the ground running score a couple tutties against the bears defense that hey they're home they still have Eddie Jackson, you know, Robert Quinn, uh, uh, obviously Roquan's doing his, he's playing through his kind of disagreements with the uh, front office, but I just do think there really is a lot of uh, opportunity for Lance to get up, get ahead on a team that, I don't, you know, it's hard not to play for anything in the NFL, but you can't tell me the Bears team really cares that much. DK Metcalf. Yes. Okay. We're good doing it, man. Thomas went two picks in front of us. My, my real, my, my dream scenario was to turn Thomas and Metcalf. But getting yeah. one of them um, is good. I'd argue great. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, well, yeah, great would have been great would have been both. But but yeah. good is still good is maybe, still good, Ian. So maybe, let's, maybe awesome would have been DK and uh, and uh, Thomas. I don't know. Yeah. So the the question now, going back, do we want Goddard, Chase Edmonds, Brees Hall, Elijah Moore? We've got two picks about to go behind us, so I think two of these fairly safely will be erased off the board and we'll have two remaining. So by the way, we are girl scout stomp today is stomp a type of girl scout cookie. I'm unaware of. No, I just was out of names <laughs> for, for different girl scout acronyms. And I was, I had a lot going on. <laughs> I just, sometimes I just look at my uh, FFPC team list and just cackle at all these freaking girl scout names here. I got to buy some cookies. If one of you, uh, 
one of you dads out there that listens to the show, I will buy a shit ton of Girl Scout cookies from your daughter. If, or Dwayne, I don't know. You have you have a couple of daughters. Are, are they still Girl Scouts? Well, I have, I have one, but you're always adding, <laughs> you're always adding children to my family. Okay. <laughs> Dwayne, you have like seven daughters and four sons. Let's go. Got her. Okay, so Boom. he did not. Yeah, so he took acres. Um, so we can. So here's the thing I'm going to ask you, though. Ceiling. Who has the absolute best ceiling of the three players we have on our board? That that's really all we care about right here because any one of these is a starter in our lineup. I think Goddard we should care about more. I think Goddard has a chance to be the Mark Andrews where next year he's like a consensus top three, four tight end, and we're not even thinking twice about it here. It's tight end premium. We talked earlier about needing Goddard here. We got our three. Yeah, no, no, I I'm with you. I'm just making sure we're accurately thinking through and, and, and again. My position around uh, around tight ends has just changed so much since three weeks ago about the guys I like that I'm willing to put a, a chip on. But I do, if we want a tight end here, it's Goddard. Um, but I do think Edmonds and Moore offer big ceilings too. So I have eight seconds. I have Goddard. Go Goddard. Auto pick. Go Goddard. We're good. Got him. I thought it was three good options. I mean, it, it really was. And, and, and again, Picking down on this end, you're typically facing two to three good options. We're not it's, reaching on Goddard at all. I thought it was a great spot to take. Yeah, no, we're not reaching. We're not reaching. So it's just, a, it's it's all roster construction. And here's the thing. Over here, if people let Njoku slide, we can still take him because you can play him as a flex player. Remember, you have two flex players. Tight ends get one and a half points per reception. So like if he slides... Um, you know, and Joku has been a big part of my strategy this past weekend in the main events. Um, I've, I've honestly been letting tight end go and taking in Joku because I've, I basically feel like once you get past Goddard, he has the next guy that I think has the upside to potentially surprise us and pounce like into that tier. Like we get to the end of the year, we're like, holy crap, David and Joku was tight end three. You know, it's kind of back to like the Vernon Davis years, right? Where we knew we had this athlete and he had never been unleashed and he was never consistent. Don't get me wrong. One year, Vernon Davis would be tight end two. The next year, he's like tight end 18. Um, I feel like Njoku could be in that range. I still think that uh, I draw the line at Dawson Knox as someone that I think could really surprise. I mean, I know he didn't have the targets last year, but hell, they're available now. And we did. We didn't knock him a lot for OJ Howard being there, but it was at least a small concern. So completely removing that, Knox is going to be someone probably running a route to like I'm expecting 90% or more of Josh Allen's dropback. So just from that standpoint alone, man, if Knox has just a, another level, even a mini jump to make, he is someone that could be up there. And like, you know, he's, I think, uh, this is last year in his rookie contract, I believe. So he gets paid next year. He's someone that could uh, also kind of be in that upper tier conversation moving forward, just in terms of upside speaking. But no, I, I see the I see the love for David Njoku for sure. Yeah, if anyone hears uh, my daughter screaming in the background, she's not under attack by anyone. This is how she sounds when she plays Roblox, which I'm such a boomer. I'm like, what's Roblox? She's I don't like, know what Roblox. She's like, it's ro it's R O B L O K S maybe. But anyway, it's it's you know. You, you millennials and younger, like you'll know what it means. But anyway, that was just for you. We just made, you know, we're a diverse podcast. You know, we tried to appeal to everyone. What is it? I'm a millennial. I don't freaking know what it is. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, dude. I guess it's like maybe like Minecraft. Like I go up there and she's playing weird games that look like terrible graphics and they still love it. Like it's blocky stuff. And oh my goodness, they're chasing each other and they're like recording it. And like they're, I think she's doing a podcast that has 3X hour followers. <laughs> um, you know, right now, probably like and my daughter's probably making more than me, but anyway, taking over and uh, taking over for dad. Great day to be great, indeed. 
Montgomery, Edmonds, Dobbins off the board. One, two, three. Go ahead and take Dobbins. I don't know what's going to be going on in Baltimore. Dwayne, like, if Dobbins doesn't play in week one, where ish do you see ranking Mike Davis? Like he's going to be someone probably in the top 36 at a minimum. Low, I think low end RB two, high end RB three. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just a matter of touches. And I, I've, I was tweeting something about him. People were like, what about Kenyon Drake? I don't know. He's been on the team for like what? Three exactly. weeks at this point. So, uh, justice Hill. And I think if you look at the skill sets and we've seen Drake handle kind of the full three down workload of for spurts. I remember after he got traded to Arizona, he had a fantastic, into the season, but it's been a minute. And the way he was being featured uh, with the Raiders, with the Dolphins, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens view Drake more so as a pure kind of pass down back that can maybe get a couple carries uh, here and there. So I I, I don't think it's going to be like 1A, 1B with Davis and Drake. I don't, I don't see Davis having a 90% snap rate or anything like that. Right. Bal- Baltimore just doesn't do that. But, you know, 15 to 20 touches. And yeah, I know. We saw what happened last year where 15 touches per week wasn't doing for Mike Davis. I do think, you know, being in that Baltimore Ravens offense, particularly in week one where they're already a pretty hefty favorite over the Joe Flacco-led Jets. I mean, I'm more confident in Mike Davis being able to fall into the end zone once or twice in Baltimore than Atlanta with all due respect to Matt Ryan and what he was doing in that environment last year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, Again, like you mentioned, there's still going to be a split. Like, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, with Mike Davis. But I think Kenyon Drake, here's the thing like, these players that get cut and they get moved to another team, like, I just have, you know, there's a reason they got cut. Right. And so I'm just not going to like sweat it too much. And these practice squad guys that get signed back, like, well, they were cut. Right. And the, yeah, they made it back to a practice squad. I'm just really not sweating them, to be honest. I'm just like I'm assuming like the other guy is probably the main guy. And then the thing with Mike Davis is we've actually we've seen Mike Davis be really good before. As much as like he gets caught up as like the poster boy of why you don't take, you know, a, a running back in the dead zone. What people forget, like, is when he did fill in for Christian McCaffrey the year before that, like how good he was. Yeah. Right. Um, and and he's playing in an offense that we know Lamar Jackson helps create major rushing lanes. To me, he comps kind of similarly similarly to a Gus Edwards if we thought that JK Dobbins was not healthy and Gus Edwards hadn't been injured last year and was still you know and was was available like he would not be going in around like 16 of drafts right he would definitely be going sooner than that so that's the way I try to think about you know the Ravens backfield Mike Davis um who else did I miss you mentioned someone else Ian. just Justice Hill yeah yeah uh so with Justice Hill like with him like I don't know we'll see like Maybe Drake takes that over. Maybe he doesn't. I, here's the thing. I will say, fine. If you want to draft Drake over Justice Hill and you're playing in a, little, a really deep league like what we're doing right now, I get it because you know that Kenyon Drake at least has been able to be more than just a passing down back. Like yeah. we haven't seen that from Justice Hill. So I'm, I'm good with that. But again, we're talking about guys that a lot of times, like if you folks haven't drafted your fantasy draft yet, like players you probably won't even need to mention unless you're playing in super deep benches, you know, or 12 team leagues with 20 rounds. And I fully get like, if you're starting Mike Davis, you've already lost, but we talk about every damn player. All right. You know how many hours of podcast, depending on where you got him, like there could be a, there's a use for Mike Davis. Like if I build a roster, that is maybe zero RB, hero RB, and I took my upside backs in the middle. Maybe I took Tony Pollard as my RB1 because I built out all these receivers, a tight end, you know, maybe I got a quarterback. And then maybe my RB2 is Cordero Patterson or whatever. And then I come back to the well on some of these other upside guys like Darrell Henderson. You know, there's rumors he could be the starter, but we don't know. He could still be in a committee. There's a lot of things going on there where all of a sudden, like if I heard J.K. Dobbins was out, 
I might be willing to start Mike Davis over the rest of my RB2s for two or three weeks and see how it goes. So again, roster construction. I think it's tougher in best ball. In best ball, rostering a guy like Mike Davis, I get it. Not as optimal because by the time you get to the big money weeks, he's still stuck on your team because you can't release him and he might not be worth anything. But in a redraft, like say we took him late, say it comes week five and all of a sudden J.K. Dobbins is healthy. He's the starter. Gus Edwards comes back week seven. He's now playing. Mike Davis is getting no work. Cut him. You just cut him. It's, you know, so you have to pay attention like to the format that you're playing in. I I think it's tougher in best ball. Wayne, uh, where do you think Mike Davis finished overall in PPR scoring in 2020? Uh, RB 14. 12. Oh, man, that was so close. The same yeah. damn shit that all you people say about Zeke and Antonio Gibson being RB1s last year actually applies to Mike <laughs> Davis as well. So, yeah, I know. Per game, he falls. Let's, let's see what he actually was per game. Per game, he falls to RB21. Still ahead of Melvin Gordon. Th- th- this Kareem is a, Hunt. this, honestly, this is the, I will, I have to say, this is the juiciest main event draft I've been in since I started. The values that are falling in this draft. I have not seen in any other main event. I'm wow. Like I fingers are freaking crossed to the moon right now. Don't say it on. on, I'm not saying it. I will never, (laughs) I will never ever commit the sin that you committed earlier. Ian Hardis. Like I'll never do it. I just won't do it, man. I, I hate myself for it. I tried to tell myself. It's okay. Don't hate yourself. I know it matters though. I know, I know it's not real, but it is real. It's just one of those things that, uh, you know, dude, we love sports, sports and we don't care who knows. Well, 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 right. But sports and like, um, just the whole idea of, you know, um, why, what is the, why, why can I not remember the word I'm looking for? Um, superstition, damn it. Jesus old freaking boomer superstition and sports go hand in hand, you know, like it, it's just the way it is. We just have to embrace it. We have to love it. And so there are two names here. We are four picks away. If either one of them are available and, and that was not one of them, Joe Burrow just went. If either of these names are available, there goes I'm putting a, I'm immediately putting on a cowboy head bull call. the rest hey, of the draft. Running back article, bull call, Antonio Gibson, top 12 uh, RB week one. We are, the- we, are, we are two picks away, Ian. Washington's got the Jaguars at home. Robinson's out of the picture. I know. I saw the Jonathan Williams quote too. It's possible. They got they're in Detroit next next week, and then they got the Eagles and the Cowboys. If you're not starting Antonio Gibson in Week One, I'm not sure when you're starting him during the stretch with Brian Robinson out, and he's healthier than he was last year. Like, look, if you drafted Antonio Gibson, I think this is the time to play him in Week One. They're actual they're actually small home favorites, Dwayne. So, no, I, I don't think. He should be drafted as the RB 27, even where he went right now. But if you got him on the team, uh, I could see uh, that being an alluring spot. DFS uh, tournament play, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so fixated right now. One pick, please. Oh, you're good. I'm just here to help, help give our, I'm about to pray on air. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm going to give our, one of them just went. So Drake London just went. This pick is so easy for this person to snipe us. But I've totally got this pick ready. And here's the who's so what's fun. What's so funny is the player that I have dogged so much is the player that could distract this person. Yes, we got Elijah, Elijah freaking Moore Woo! in round seven. Suck it, everybody. 
Oh my take God. a flash round. Yes. How Sorry, as someone is driving there? off the road tomorrow. I can't help it. <laughs> I've not seen this kind of value in a main event draft. I have end of round seven, Elijah Moore. He goes in round five. He goes at the end of round five, early round six in these drafts. We just got him at the dude, Ian. You're like really like every draft I've had with you has been excellent. Like you have a horseshoe up your butt or something. Pe- people like, are starting amazing. to people are starting to to say that. Man, we all right. We've been riding the line, but we got to, we got our running back value in. We've gotten, I don't want to say lucky, but wide receivers have fallen to us. We've gotten a little bit lucky. Luck is uh what what they say, preparation meeting opportunity, Dwayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Jimmy Johnson would also tell you that you know he would rather be lucky than good. Absolutely. Why not, man? Just get the job done. Uh Matt's pumped over in our chat on Twitter. As he he, 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 be. he he's uh he's stoked. So, right. and Amari Cooper off the board. So we're getting one of Kadarius Tony or freaking Tony Pollard going back. Also huge values, Ian. Yeah. So I think we have, we a don't chance. normally take Pollard. You give me Tony Pollard right here. That's what Dude. I'm saying. I think we have a chance of uh Tony getting back to us. I don't, I don't think Pollard would by any stretch. Yeah. I don't think either one comes back. Cause they're so their number. So Lazard Pollard, you're right. If there were, if there were a guy, it's Tony. So, but he has that freaking upside. Oh, my, man. My, here's my problem with passing on Tony. What other receiver can we take in round eight that legit, if healthy, legit could get 150 freaking targets? As much as I love Tony Pollard. Now, well, I know. what other now running you, back? Now you could can we... give me your slot receiver stance. No, no, not, not even. I mean, but what other running back can we get here that is, and I guess Kareem Hunt's here. Too. So here's what I'll say coming back, we will. Definitely have a shot at Naheem Hines, which is almost the same thing as Tony Pollard. It is a discount, you know, Tony Pollard. If, if we're setting aside the fact that Tony Pollard is a discount, um, how much time do we have left? Dude, I almost right. want to take Pollard and keep rolling the dice and hope Tony comes back to us. Because the only thing cooler in round eight, Kadir's Tony. Let's do it. Let's do it. We do not have Tony Pollard on a freaking Let's team. Go. If, Ze- if Zeke does go down, you guys can all kiss this league goodbye. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we have... Like, bro, if we end, if these running backs are healthy and Pollard gets that, like, we could legit have like three top five running backs just rolling throughout this season. It's possible with the workloads that these guys could get. Let's go, man. This is awesome. This is great. This is really great. Yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked. If we uh if we hadn't have been able to get Elijah and Metcalf where we did, I probably would have leaned towards uh Kadarius Tony there. But we already have four wide receivers. I think have wide receiver one upside. Yeah, I mean, and Tony Pollard's going to play slot receiver. He's going to catch 84 <laughs> balls per Ian Harditz. Bro, you know he's going off in week one, too, because they're going to game plan the same way they did last year, and everyone's going to lose their damn mind. So we'll, we'll see what the role looks like in uh, weeks two or three. But uh, Zeke last year, week one against Tampa Bay, second most pass-blocking snaps of the season, just 11 carries. Everyone lost their mind. I thought Zeke actually looked pretty good week one, considering like what was being blocked for him. The way Tampa Bay plays, unless you're Khalil Herbert, which, hey, fair play to Khalil Herbert uh, last season, they were just shutting down every single running back left and right. So fair play to the Cowboys for going out there, throwing the ball 58 times in week one. And it wasn't a situation where like the Buccaneers just got out to a 21-point lead and the Cowboys didn't have a choice. It was, I think the final score was like 29-27 Buccaneers won on a last-second field goal. So it was a high-scoring game. Like The Cowboys obviously had to keep their foot on the gas, but it seemed like a conscious game-plan decision from Kellen Moore to really just put the ball in the air, not just rely on you know running Zeke into the freaking teeth of that Buccaneers front seven. So 
We saw it all throughout the year with Buccaneers shutting down each and every running back they played. I am. I'm not fading Zeke this week. He's one of those guys where he could still obviously rush for 30 freaking yards and still fall into the end zone two times because he's in the league's reigning number one scoring offense. I do think that when you start looking at guys like Antonio Gibson, like Josh Jacobs, even like Miles Sanders, some of these dead zone running backs, they actually all have pretty good week one matchups. And I wouldn't be surprised if at least for week one, Zeke's workload looks a lot more like, like an Antonio Gibson, like a Josh Jacobs than what we're going to see in weeks two and beyond. So as Dwayne went to the bathroom or, went to one of his 10 kids or some other thing. I'm not sure what exactly it was one he does. <laughs> no, it was a family member running by. I had to mute everything. It was, the dogs <laughs> were about to go freaking berserk. If You're I left it on. Good. But yeah, I, Dwayne, I was just saying that, uh, I, I, I heard you, I heard all of it. Um, and the Pollard thing, I agree. Like week one, here's the thing. If Tony Pollard comes out week one and he has the two minute offense. I know we've talked about the slot snaps and all that. And that, and that's all like cherry on top, really. But the, the team has talked openly about him taking over the two minute offense. If he does that and he just has 35% of the carries, he's definitely going to pay off, you know, his ADP. If you can get him in round eight, mine and you, you can speak for yourself, but I feel like our challenge has been Pollard's been going in round six. And when yeah. you can get Kareem hunt in round seven, you can get Corderell Patterson around eight, who's a starter, explosive player, pass catching back. No, he's old, but not a lot of tread on the tires. Same thing for Kareem Hunt. You can get James Cook in round 10. The challenge was, okay, Pollard has a lot of other archetypes very similar to him that you don't have to pay the premium on. Now, we all admit, if Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard, you know, it's going to be hard to keep out of the top four or five running backs every week in, in your ranks. But we also have to apply that to the other guys that we just talked about. If yeah. Jonathan Taylor goes down, what we've learned about Naheem Hines this preseason, he's going to be hard to keep out of the top 12. And, so, I, and I don't think that four rounds later. I'm happy you said top 12. Cause that's like, I know he was like legit hundred percent of the snaps of Matt Ryan. I don't think that's yeah. going to happen, but before man, it there's really, just no one else there, dude. That's the thing. I mean, again, and I get it. They brought Philip Lindsay on the practice squad, but yes, Fine. Put him even if you make him a high end RB two. But once you calculate in the fact that Pollard's a six and you get Naheem Hines in the ten in the tenth round, like there's opportunity costs. I, I think Hines, if Taylor went down now, and people scoffed at the Hines uh, um, Austin Eckler comparison. You know, just looking at uh, obviously um, Frank Reich. Uh, no, it was a uh, what am I? Frank Reich, right? That's the comp we were looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People scoffed at it at first. Naeem Hines is really good. I'm not even saying it's Austin Eckler good, but Naeem Hines is legit, really good. And if we can actually just get, we don't need 300 carries. We never need 300 carries. We never cared about that for Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler. We wouldn't care about it for Naeem Hines. I thought it was probably going to be more of like a J.D. McKissick type of situation where no matter how many guys got hurt, Hines wasn't going to get, you know, the 10 to 15 carries per game. I do think they'd be willing to give that to Hines. So Matt Ryan would be a big winner in that situation as well. Hopefully, Jonathan Taylor just does his thing. We don't want anyone to get hurt. But yeah, Hines, really, really great uh, pivot off of Tony Pollard and available several rounds cheaper. Lot, uh, we tr we triggered a mini running back uh, run here. Dwayne, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Josh Jacobs, CPAT all off the board in round eight. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, really liking the team. Um, I, I love the way we're constructed. We do not have a weak spot at this point. We've We've waited on quarterback. The value has not been there for us um, at quarterback. So uh, we don't really have anyone to stack with quarterback since we have a Monroe, DK, and Elijah Moore. We don't want any of those quarterbacks. So we don't have to worry about that. Like we can just set that aside and we can basically just play 
if one of these guys are really valuable, like Russ Wilson, Trey Lance, Tom Brady are the main guys, but I would totally let them go by again. And if one fell back to us in round 11, like we can do it. Um, but I don't have to do it here. We'll, we'll see what else is available. But I love the way the roster, you know, is constructed. Getting getting Pollard, man, in round eight, like to me is just awesome because we've really avoided him in round six, and that's where he goes every draft. And we didn't even take him in round seven. We took Elijah Moore, then to get Pollard on top of that. And honestly, Ian, like back, like it makes the Goddard pick look so good now. Yeah, um, the way things fell for us. So, uh, it's not horse know, show my kudos. No, yeah. Some, <laughs> some might just, you know, say you're good. Some, some <laughs> just might say Ian Hardis can read draft boards, you know, uh, you know, like I'm going to, you know, come out and hang out with Ian one day, you know, and he's going to have like, you know, his, his side hustle will be like, instead of tarot cards, like he's reading draft boards. I'm just jealous. Uh, Dwayne got to hang out with friend of the pod, John Daigle over the weekend. You guys did a live draft together. Like next year, Dwayne, I am coming to freaking Dallas. Oh dude. We're doing a draft I told Daigle what you said, and I told another buddy of mine that drafts all these main events with me what you said, and they are all down. They're like, let's make it like a weekend at yeah. McFarland's house, and Amanda's already approved it. <laughs> She's like, go. if you guys want to do it, we're going to do it. And I told her, I was like, I sent her, I showed her the picture of the beer that you had. I said, <laughs> we'll have to do this. And she was okay. <laughs> the freaking fridge stocked with Miller Lights. That's just my friends, man. I'm, I, I like to pay up a little bit more on the beer. Look, Someone gives me Merle Light, I'll drink the Miller Light. I'm not trying to sit here and you know be an aristocrat about the whole thing. I just think that uh, you know, if I can pay an extra three bucks for a beer that tastes better, I feel like I've earned that. I've earned that right in my life. But <laughs> you know what? I've uh, I've, ch I've changed my opinions over the years with new information. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Dawson Knox, Trey Lance, Pat Frymouth off the board in round nine. Uh, Lance is probably gonna be the only quarterback that if he got back to us, Twain, I'd be like, we should really consider this. I'm We've been able to play the late round quarterback game just fine. And uh, being able to have someone like a car, like a cousin's just going so far after players that I really think when it comes down to are only going to be projected for like another half point or a full point, you know, on a weekly basis, I am fine taking that discount. Yeah. I mean, look, I like Russ and Brady. I like Russ and Brady. We, we, it could be a conversation for us, depending on what's available at yep. pick, you know, in the 10th round. I don't think we do it here in round nine. I don't have any Russ exposure in main events. Uh, I think I have two Tom Brady shares. Um, Broncos I, I, country. Now, Let's yeah, try it. I would, I, I would be fine, you know, with a little Russ here. Um, but I think we definitely need to kind of hone in here. Like, what are we thinking at these other skill positions? Who are the players? We need to build out our queue. Um, I, with us having Pollard, Connor, Henry, I, I'm not closed off to a running back. There's only but one the running same back time, we take, and that's because he's a massive value. Is it, who is it? Miles Sanders? Come on. Okay, I was fixing to say I, I don't want Miles Sanders. Oh no, I think <laughs> it is, but you're saying his name. I just thought that wasn't the point. Look. Oh no, no, no. Well, he falls every draft now. I don't. I, I don't know how often FFPC updates this. What's the um, issue? Do we think Kenneth Gamewell is going to take over? Like he's health. He's been practicing um, now. No, it's 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 honestly just the fact that they they always rotate the three backs and Miles Sanders has already been part of the three back rotation. We we right, had so Evan, just, we, we talked to the one the only Evan Silva for an hour, Dwayne Miles Sanders, one of his favorite players, and that sure wasn't round nine. Yeah, and I and I certainly obviously like when 
you know the goat speaks you know are you evan, saying I, are you saying screw evan silva right now Dwayne? no 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 evan <laughs> if you go back and listen to this sir which you don't have time to so don't um <laughs> Dwayne did definitely not say that and there goes my uh, i said i respect anyway. evan silva and all the points he made were really good it's a really good offensive line my challenge is the people folks want to talk about like touchdown regression the problem for miles challenge for miles sanders is he doesn't get the carries inside the five that's why his touchdowns suck people argue against austin eckler and say he can't score the same amount of touchdowns again opposite he actually got all the carries inside the five yard line last year and that's a big part of why he scored all of his touchdowns so for me i don't know that miles sanders's touchdown regression is actually going to like turn back you know in in favor of Sanders unless he wins that other role. Now there's a chance because Jordan Howard is gone, but last year Gainwell took those as well as did Jalen Hurts. We're on the board. So we got we got some work to on do. us. Ooh. Um, Had yeah, a couple so guys the, go before us. That's okay though. Yeah, these folks finally they did definitely tighten up here on this board. Um and I don't have our queue built out. What do we got? We got 39 seconds. So let me look at this again. Um, I don't I don't want Dak here. No, I, I think Sky Moore is an option. I think Darrell Henderson is an option. I think Traylon Burks is an option. I think Michael Carter is an option. I think Rondell Moore, a guy that you really like, is also an option. Those I would like, be I like my, Sky Moore. I like Sky Moore, and I think we still I have, love the upside, man. Love the upside. As for wide receiver five, I think that's like, fine. Like Damian Harris makes no sense on this roster. Had, had, if we only had one back. Let's get Sky Moore. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it. And like Skymore doesn't need to do anything for us for the first month or two of the season. That's okay. Figure it out. It's, and hey, we don't I, wide receiver handcuffs are a it's a risky business. If one thing happens to Juju MVS, even like Miko Hardman, like Skymore is going to be out there immediately. And then but my, the, but I think the Sky has more outs than that, right? I think Sky could oh, also 100%. Just take over. All right, I so think so going, too. So sorry, go ahead, Ian. Finish your thing, and then we'll talk about going back. My bad. No, I just think it's a. Uh, you're right. He does. He could just straight up win it, but man, he's, he's also with freaking Patrick Mahomes. If we're going to draft a wide receiver four from any offense, it might as well be the one led by Patrick freaking Mahomes. So I, I, man, Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't be surprised, man. If he just pulls off a y'all must've forgot season I've warmed to Deontay. You all have heard me. We've got, we've come a long way from Ian accidentally ranking Juju like wide receiver 60 to start the off season. I even took him in my home league this week. I got Juju and Alan Lazard in my home league, Dwayne, uh, because I think everyone's been listening to my podcast and they uh, let these guys actually slide to like where they should go in uh, drafts. And it, it was a weird experience for me, but it wasn't bad. I'll say it. getting Juju at value. It, it's not the worst feeling in the world. So we are now back on the clock. What are your thoughts, Dwayne? Um, so Prescott and Gallup go behind us. I'm still off of a uh, quarterback. Yep. My thoughts are, just looking at the running back cue, I, I just Damian Harris still doesn't make sense on this team. It's like I want the upside. I like the explosive pass catching backs. I think Michael Carter fits that. Darrell Henderson has been more of the pass catching back in LA than Akers. There's also rumors that Darrell Henderson actually could be the starter. So wow. that's an option. Wide receiver, I would say Rondell Moore or Traylon Burks. Um, we can wait on tight end. What Those would be my I've, four. I've been I've been making the final decision. I'm comfortable with you doing whatever. They're all good players. What do you okay. think we should do? I want I want to go Rondell Moore right here. Let's go Rondell Moore then. All right, let's do it. 
I just I, I like tacking on two more of the high end upside receivers here. Uh, typically coming back this way. So why I made that decision, just given the fact that we have Derrick Henry, James Conner, Tony Pollard coming back our way, we're gonna have an op- we're gonna have an opportunity at Jamal Williams, um, who we both love. Uh, we're gonna have an opportunity at Khalil Herbert. Neither one of us are big on David Montgomery. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity for someone like potentially a Rashad White, Zamir White. So I feel like there's more arbitrage left um, in the running backs than there are at the receivers. Now, there's some receivers that, that will like coming back, but I also know that Rondell Moore is a guy that both of us have really liked. Got the uh, good morning football bump with uh, Rondell Moore. Actually got, you know, I'm not sure if he was working with uh, – if it was more of a guesstimate or actual report, but uh, Peter Schrager went out and just said, if you're drafting in fantasy league right now, consider Rondell Moore believes he is going to be the replacement for Christian Kirk. It's what Cliff has been telling us all off season. I know Rondell a little banged up with the undisclosed injury. We're not sure if it was a hangnail or if he's now only operating on one leg, like it's undisclosed when we have no idea what the problem is at this point, but he, he was practicing yesterday. Like I, it could very easily be like Isaiah McKenzie, who was practicing, I believe, in full uh, to start the week. It's just, it's very tough to analyze injuries right now because they pop up out of nowhere when they don't have to report them. Alan Lazard's been hurt. Like, okay, we can try to do our, you know, best to follow 32 beat writers and go through the athletic and stuff. But like, just, I, I have a really hard time with these August injuries where there's no reason for these guys to be practicing if they're not at, you know, complete hundred percent. I have a hard time, you know, completely abandoning everything we've, you know, gone through with Rondale and some of these other guys throughout the off season, just because of, you know, an undisclosed injury that is coming from Cliff Kingsbury, who fa- fair play Cliff, man, because Cliff says nothing about these injuries. Like he's basically anti uh, Pete Carroll. Cliff calls everything like a game time decision. Even if the guy's going to like be, a hundred percent uh good to go so cliff is just doing his thing i really wouldn't worry about it i think uh zach Ertz is probably a little more of a problem but man again i think uh cliff just tends to kind of tell all the beat writers the same thing with damon harris so are we positive like it's not because as much as the ramondre stevenson hype train keeps going and i would say he's the favorite we did one of the best reports I thought we got about the Patriots backfield, Dwayne, was the idea that it could be Damon Harris one drive and then Ramondre Stevenson the next drive. Like, I don't think Damon Harris is incapable of catching passes. So he is someone that continues to slide down the board. I mean, okay, no, he is finally off the board. So. He, did, he did go, but it is, I mean, it's round 10. You know, if we had a different structure, if, if, if we had only had, say, Henry, receiver, 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 tight end, whatever, and Pollard was our two, Damian Harris would have been one of our two picks. You know, it's it's yeah. it's just a construction, you know, uh, question in my I've, opinion. I've seen the guys play. I saw Stevenson do his thing. You know, Oklahoma. At the end of the day, yeah, Harris played three extra games. Harris, you know, caught eighteen balls last year. Andre Stevenson caught fourteen passes. Like we're hearing legit rumors about the Patriots using Stevenson, like Alvin Kamara. The dude caught 14 passes in the regular season last year. I'm not saying he can't do more than that, but maybe just slow the roll just a tad. Maybe the Patriots also plan on increasing the pass game uses of the guy who just scored 15 touchdowns for them last season. It's possible. And where, like, where do he go off the board here, Dwayne? RB, RB 39. I'm I'm chatting with our third partner Matt here. Uh, RB thirty nine, a legit you know yeah. RB four round ten point. man. It's nuts. Like I'm just so like you- Ty Montgomery being out of the picture is obviously great for Marner Stevenson. It's also great for Damon Harris, and we don't even know if Ty Montgomery is out of the picture. If Ty Montgomery is taking the pass down role, 
we're going to be ranking Damian Harris over Ramondre Stevenson every single week. Again, I get the best case scenario for Stevenson. He's already had James White retire. He's JJ Taylor's out of the picture. Kevin Harris is out of it. Like when I mock this, I, I want to go back to that June podcast where I listed all the things that had to happen for Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> and they've almost all happened. So fair play. Like I, I, it, I thought it was an iffy scenario. Well, it's almost coming to fruition and we are reacting accordingly. Like, yes, I would take Stevenson over Damon Harris. I'm not trying to take lock here there, but the fact that like both these guys should be still pretty much right next to each other, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they should be closer. Now, look, I get why people want to take the other ahead because targets per route run. I know raw targets go to Damian Harris, but he played more snaps. If you go targets per route run, which is where a, a a data point like that can be helpful. It's not always predictive, folks. You know, if we see it multiple years in a row, it can be small samples, all that kind of stuff. But from an explosive play rate, um, from a targets per route run rate, like there are a lot of things to like about Ramondre Stevenson. So I get like why people want to take Stevenson, a, you know, ahead. But then the day we still have a coaching staff. Um, well, at least Bill, we don't, there's, they don't, there's no such thing as an offensive coordinator, right. In this town. So, um, you got to kind of throw that out the window. So that tells me at the end of the day, they're still going to lean towards what Bill likes. And I think they're still going to use a committee of backs. Now, the one thing, and we've talked about this, you know, briefly before that we did catch a little new snippet. And again, you don't know how much to run with these things, but they talked about the fact that it may not be these different niche roles, right? It might actually be they each get a series and they could do this hot hand thing. Yeah. And when they say each, like Ty Montgomery, Mount Gumry, as you would say, Ian, is one of the people, right? That could be in that mix. So we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, like I, I get why people want to jump, you know, ahead on Ramondre. It, like where he went tonight, round eight, round nine, I'm fine with Ramondre. I liked him much better in that range than when people started taking him in round six and seven. I thought that was basically like just losing your mind, like being like, I've got to have a guy that I really don't have to have. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. But to your point, like Damian Harris is not a bad player. Like no. he, he also is explosive on the ground. Like he hasn't, he hasn't had, he doesn't have the passing down prowess that Ramondre has, but we also have Ty Montgomery in the mix. Like you mentioned. So it's just, I, I don't want to reach on a player like that. Every team now has a quarterback except us. Yeah, might one has two. Might just lead to some shenanigans. I don't know. Just saying. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten uh, Derek Carr slash Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers in round 14 of these. So I I think we need to keep, keep the gas completely pressed. It could make us miss on something, but what they're leaving right now um, in value, we need another running back for sure. If they leave Isaiah McKenzie, it's a nice spot Ooh. to pick him. I don't know that we have to since we have Rondell, Sky Moore, Elijah Moore, DK Metcalf, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a victory lap, but maybe it was. And um, a little bit of victory lap. <laughs> yeah. So Albert O just went. I also have David and Joku in our queue, who I really like. I think he's a, a value in round 11, around 12. He can also play. Uh, one of our flex spots for us. If Dallas Goddard gets hurt or doesn't come through, it gives us two options at tight end. I, I would much rather take in Joku, um, honestly, than a quarterback here. If they screw us, honestly, I'll go to battle with Justin Fields. Yeah, that's fine. Like just, and and we, we can take like a, if we want to take a late round dart on like a Trevor Lawrence or something too, that's okay. Yeah, like, just, just to avoid Justin Fields in week one against San Francisco. Yes. It's going to be rough. <laughs> 
it's gonna be rough. <laughs> it's, be rough. it's not gonna be a good uh it's not gonna be a good season opener. Maybe it will be Bears fans. Like my God, I you know, I, I like to have fun on Twitter, Twain. And we, we both do with the memes and business and making fun of the 2022 Chicago Bears and Bears fans are just beside themselves. Don't blame me, blame your damn general manager and organization for putting you guys in this position. You act like you're not a confirmed like bottom four or five team in the league, if not bottom one. So I'm not here to say, I think there was a PFF take about maybe like the 2022 bears being the worst team in NFL history. I am not saying that. I hope Justin Fields is fantastic as a freaking Buckeye uh, lifer and truther, but come on. Like, the whole thing that just pisses me off, Dwayne, is you're supposed to, when you have this first round quarterback, surround them with pieces. You know, look at what every other first round quarterback of the last like two, three years is working with and the steps that their organization has made to just surround them. And unfortunately for Fields, having the coaching staff and the GM switches, like, I don't even know if they want him to be their quarterback of the future. They clearly didn't do anything this offseason to make that uh, look like it's their plan. I just I feel like they're wasting a year of finding out if Fields can be the guy or not, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. So hopefully they overcome it, and every single team in the NFL goes seventeen and zero. So that's that's the uh, end story here. Oh, yeah, let's start talking about our picks. So David and Joku does go off the board, which which is fine. I mean, we have Goddard. Like if they let him fall here, I'm just not letting someone else have him. And and we talked about the utility that he can have, like in this format. Um, but if Michael Carter makes it, like he should not be available explosive pass catching back and right now technically is the starter for the jets it's it's really if they say starter that means he took the first series if you go look at the preseason snaps with the quote-unquote starters now carter did get to rest you know one week but it's really a split between him and Brees hall but at the end of the day like to still be at this point and there's just a lot of things that we like about michael carter so if he makes it here i think he is an easy slam dunk pick i He's at the top of the queue, might not make it. The question mark here, a guy that I haven't been taking lately, Ian, but he is sliding down the board, and people are just completely ignoring him, is Chase Claypool. Um, there's Isaiah McKenzie. We, Chase, we need to, go ahead, man. Go. Is Chase Claypool the worst player to score 13 touchdowns as a rookie in NFL history? Like, what, what the hell did this guy do to people? Yeah, it's just the pick and type. So when one, one thing rises, right, another thing typically falls. And that's what's happening, right? You saw Pickens going round eight of this draft, and so Chase Claypool's still here. I think Claypool's a good pick at this spot. I think I think Carter and Claypool are my favorites, but totally open, you know, to your thoughts. Pickens Pickens went viral for a like it wasn't a drop, but for a picture of a pass that he did not catch in practice. Chase Claypool in their last preseason game makes a ridiculous contested catch, and there was not a peep on all of social media. Like it's just. A lot of uh, a lot so, of confidence. so Carter Carter goes. Um, Claypool's still available. Um, Matt asked if we're taking a quarterback. I told him that depending on what's here, we're probably passing with Stafford, tell, Carr, tell Rogers all here. Tell Matt not now, Chief. We're in the we're in the <laughs> so. All right. What about why is Russell Gates still on the board? Why is your fifty six? I, I don't know, but 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 Claypool's here. Do we want to just take him? Like he's normally Ow. off the board at one seventeen. We have We're, Gage ranked ahead of Claypool. I don't know, man. I kind of rather take Brady's. Well, I mean, it's easy. It's easy to get Gage going back, though. We could have both. You think so? Okay, I'm fine with that. Let, let's just. That's that's fine. Claypool and Gage. That can be the soft plan. My, my only problem is we need a back. Like I feel like we need to pick off one of these, either okay. Herbert, Moster, or Jamal Williams. I don't see so, that big of a difference between Gage and Claypool. I might even have. Claypool. I think we should take the value, to be honest. Sometimes Gage will fall all the way back down here again. Okay, cool. Let's go, with Claypool. All right, so we just we'll take him. We may cut him. Chase, 
the decision is yours, you know, whether we cut you or keep you. Do we want to just stay on brand here with Jamal Williams and just rock this thing? Um, I don't see why uh, not. Okay. Like Khalil Herbert and Raheem Mostert are there. Um, I'm, I'm open to either of those, but I think Jamal Williams is the pick. Yeah. Unless you want one of these quarterbacks, Stafford, Carl Rogers, I say we kick the can down the road. No, I'm cool with Jamal Williams. And he's got that similar with Naeem Hines. Like there's only, only so many, how many running backs like went in the first three rounds here, three, six, nine, 12, 15 in this one. There's something to be said about having the handcuff to one of these really early round running backs. So if Jamal Williams goes off, all of a sudden team 12 with DeAndre Swift, not looking good, just like when you get Hines with the Jonathan Taylor uh, instance going there. So I know a little bit self-explanatory, but still something to keep in mind here this late. Like when I look at Jamal Williams versus Herbert and even James Robinson, I think that's even enough of an edge to to give yeah. to Jamal. And, and just, you know, the Lions have a good, you know, offensive line. We know they have a coach that if they can get game scripts to go their way, like Jamal Williams, is ha- he has outs. We've talked about this a thousand times, so I won't like rehash it like in too much in depth. But basically, I don't, before, I don't think before be the running. Lions were losing all the time, Jamal Williams was much more involved. Um, so go if, ahead. If the Lions are as good as freaking all of America is making them out to be at this point, I think they're going to actually get a chance to play with some leads. And I don't think Swift's going to be the guy they're just ramming into their line during the fourth quarter, man. I think that's going to be Jamal. If anything, like that sort of game environment, again, one, one of the cooler stats I found this offseason, DeAndre Swift, easily the highest percentage of receptions came in the fourth quarter down seven plus points last season. So if we see the lions make this leap that a lot of people seem pretty confident in them able to do Jamal Williams. I love to say it. Dwayne could be this year's version of James Conner. Uh, I think it's a great, I think it's a great comp. I think it's certainly worth, you know, entertaining. Like I, I love getting Jamal Williams in round 13, but there's no way he's coming back to us. So again, this is reading your tiers, right? We have Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, and uh, James Robinson all in this tier, and we're down on the end. We've got to let it all go. And guess what? Immediately, another guy we had in our queue that I haven't moved up on this board yet, but he should really be in the same tier, 4C. Mostert. Um, Mostert. And, and so I, I know that it was the right pick um, at this point. I feel really good about Jamal Williams. And and. Like I, I really do like Mostert too. Like now that we've narrowed this thing down, there's no Sony Michelle in the way, and there goes James Robinson. So again, this is reading your cue, looking at the rest of the teams, knowing how far you've got to go before you pick again. Like if you're picking, you know, in four picks, like you can, you know, handle your tiers differently. But knowing that we're pick eleven and we've got to let this thing go all the way down and back, I just felt that you know running back was the key. There goes Khalil Herbert. So the whole tier we just talked about is gone, and so I feel really good about the pick we made. So looking at the team so far, we have got, we, we, we've not drafted a quarterback, but we do have running backs and their names are Derrick Henry in the second round. Uh, we've got James Conner in the fourth. So both values, not necessarily guys we're taking in round one or round three where they go. But when you get them after that, um, every down players, could injury be involved? Yes, they are older. Um, could there be challenges? There certainly could. But when you get them at the value, it's solid. Then we get a deal on Tony Pollard upside you know running back playing behind zeke hopefully gets the two-minute offense out of the gate not a player that ian and i have been into in round six where he's been going but to get him in round eight is an absolute still come back with jamal williams in round 12 so running backs again derrick henry james connor tony pollard and jamal williams and then at receiver we have got 
Stefan Diggs in round one, pick 11. Come back with Amon Ra just to make sure that we got him. Uh, we were going to take him in round four, but he's the guy we really didn't want to miss. And then that let James Conner follow us. Um, DK Metcalf, round five. Come back in with Elijah Moore in around seven. So when you look at Metcalf and Elijah Moore, definitely have quarterback challenges, uh, but hyper-explosive players that can do a lot with a little. Um, then we get Sky Moore. Um, Probably not going to be a starter week one, probably going to be a rotational player, but maybe by week five or six, he's a guy with the receivers we have, like, you know, you need an upside player that can challenge for playing time and Sky Moore could do that. Then we have Ron Moore. Ian and I have covered him at link. Chase Claypool was strictly a value pick at the end of round 11. But again, he checks. If you guys go check out my breakout article over at PFF, I lay out all the metrics that you want for breakout wide receivers, meaning wide receivers that haven't been a wide receiver three before, but are for the first time or guys that can make that leap to wide receiver one. And, Ch and Chase Claypool actually checks multiple boxes despite everything else that's going on. And just remember, folks, like the NFL season is a long process. A lot of weird things can happen um, and talent can typically shine through. And, and Chase Claypool, as much as, you know, maybe George Pickens potentially douses like the potential fire that he has, like he this is a guy that still checked a lot of boxes. And so to get him, when you get a player like that and you can get them like almost a round and a half after their ADP, it's something you want to remain interested in. You don't want to have take lock in that moment and you want to leave yourself open to let some things, you know, let some thing, let some luck fall your way because who knows, Deontay Johnson's already dealing with a shoulder injury, right? I mean, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of paths for Claypool to ultimately up his game. Uh, one of those being that he also is going to get to play inside and there's some things you can like about that, but Again, that's the roster as we have it right now. So a lot of lot of receivers um, love the way Tony Pollard fell. And then at tight end, we have Dallas Goddard, who we got in round six, and Ian perfectly called it. Uh, so glad that we took him with Elijah Moore falling back in round seven. And then getting Tony Pollard in eight, because I think our real decision point there was, did we want to take Chase Evans or one of these other receivers or Dallas Goddard? Um, Hardest made the perfect call. I'll just give him all the credit on that one. Great day to be great indeed. Justin Fields off the board, QB 13. Have not seen wow. that go down. Me either. Already had Kyla Murray. Come on. What are we doing here? I mean, not us. Yeah. And what then Isaiah likely. So he's just drafting. The, he's just take, trying to take all upside. But whatever. I'll still I'll still take Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. I, now I hope one of them make it back. Um, so Derek we, Carr. We were, I think we need to take one of them. Derek Carr during the first seven weeks last season. 89.9 PFF passing grade, 8.5% big time throw rate, 8.5 yards per attempt, nearly an 80% adjusted completion rate. He fell off hard in the second half because Henry Ruggs did the Henry Ruggs, Ruggs thing. Darren Waller was hurt for most of the freaking second half of the year. Now we have Devontae Adams, a healthy Waller, Hunter Renfro doing his thing. It could be a more pass happy offense as well. We knew what the pace was like going on. Derek Carr, again, this is why the out of all the quarterback rankings, the Joe Burrow one is just the most, it's the most ludicrous in my opinion because we have these options so many rounds later. Joe Burrow went what round? Uh, Joe seven. Burrow went, Mid yeah, middle yeah, round seven. So we're talking potentially in round 13 getting a Stafford, a Rodgers, or a Carr. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, it's – it's an arbitrage thing, man. It's just, it's, it's an opportunity cost thing. Um, it's something that you just have to calculate in, man. I'll, I'll say the other player that's been steamed this weekend, like Josh, Josh Palmer, like goes every time, like round 10, 11, you know, this one, he actually wasn't terrible round 12 is fine. The receivers have just fallen a little bit here. That's, that's the actual value that's sitting on the board. And, and it happened for us, right? That's how we ended up with Elijah Moore and the round we ended up, you know, with him. 
Um, but people have just kind of chilled out a little bit on the receivers. Um, so just looking at it, coming back to us, Ian, um, obviously Justin Fields, we wouldn't have even taken Justin Fields probably at this next pick. So it's fine. Um, and here's the thing folks remember at quarterback, especially in a league like this, where you have to play two flex and you got 12 teams. Guess what? The number one position that these people will cut their backup quarterback. Yeah. If Kyler Murray goes nuts over the first three weeks, guess what? Team one is going to shed Justin Fields for the flavor of the week, for week two, week three. Maybe they don't, but someone will release a quarterback that ultimately will be able to play, will be able to stream. In this particular league, it's the only position, in my opinion, that you can you could actually stream. So like home leagues, you could stream tight end, you could stream quarterback. There's a lot of, you know, you could do both. Over here, because tight end premium, streaming tight ends you can't do. Like, it's gone. It, that's that's the beauty of this format. Like, it changes the dynamic of the way that you want to think about your teams. But quarterback, because everything else is so valuable on the double flex, it gets squeezed. So the year I finished uh, second overall in this, uh, not in this one, but the one just like it for football guys, um, my starting quarterback was Case Keenum. Wow. Just and I was well, streaming. I was literally streaming. I was streaming nice matchups. That was nice. It's the year, only though. it was with the, yeah, it was with the Viking. It's it's the only position that you can pull it off with. Now, now it doesn't mean I'm telling you to go do it. it you, we would rather have you know. I would have loved to have gotten to to gotten have gotten <laughs> you know Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, you know one of these guys and Fields like that. That would be like the perfect dream scenario. But at the same time, like. Kind of the way I look at it here, Ian, there goes Russell Gage. I would like to take any one of these quarterbacks named Stafford or Carr. And then to me, Rodgers also gives you similar upside. We have questions about him, but he's still Aaron freaking Rodgers. And we can come back after this. We can grab Christian Watson. We can grab a Sammy Watkins if we want. We can grab a Robert Tunyon. We don't have to grab them all, but there's a lot of stacks that if everything goes right for Aaron Rodgers, like we can still have access to like the players that play with him. Now, again, not saying we have to take two of them here, but like I would totally be open if we got one and then Aaron Rodgers slid again, like I, I, it would be an option here to turn them. I, I think it depends on if Zamir white is gone. I would, I definitely would love Zamir white on this roster. Julio Jones, KJ Hamler also still available who I like. There goes Zamir. I think it's a fair take all the way around. I would say, if anything, we'd I'd be fine going quarterback and probably a wide, maybe a running running back or wide receiver. If we only get one quarterback this go round, and somehow one of those guys comes back to us around 15, 16, then we're slamming it. Okay. So let's talk about this then, because we're probably going to have our choice. We have two picks. All right. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. If you get to battle with one and we don't end up getting to take another the rest of the draft for whatever reason, which one do you want to go to battle with? I, for me, I still feel like it's Stafford, the elbow thing I know, but like that's why he's available here, though. I mean, it, yeah, it's the Rams offense. But if you told me Aaron Rodgers, I would look, they're all in the same tier for us. Um, so I can go either way on these things. But if I had if I had to pick, it would be Stafford, but I'm definitely open. I think I have Stafford ranked the highest in. Hey, only Acres, only Henderson. Maybe the answer is just like in, we're talking about kind of Baltimore. Like they're going to throw the ball a lot more than we're necessarily expecting. So I, I just 
if there was something legit wrong with Stafford's elbow, he wouldn't be out there. Like I, I don't see McVay like entering week one. Like, all right, now it's time to just, you know, give acres and Henderson 40 freaking carries a game. He's never really been that coach. So I'm uh, cool. Julio went, I was going to say we take Julio first. And they get the I'm actually still fine taking KJ Hamler <sighs> yeah, first. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I don't, I do prefer Stafford, but we're going to get, I'm one, fine. we're going to get one of him, Carter Rogers. And I don't, okay. I, I think I like Hamler's, it. If you look at the wide receivers available, like after Hamler, I wanted Julio, that was a value right there. He went one pick in front of us. So. Every other wide receiver, though, is in my opinion, you need a lot more to go right than Hamler, who's shaped. Maybe he's he's in the action a little bit. Man, didn't look that way in the preseason though when he was out there, and he's certainly someone where if we see him working alongside Judy and Sutton in Week One, God forbid, he maybe catches one of those deep moon balls. Like he is just going to instantly be uh, in that top fifty conversation and. It's not a given that Hamler's going to be the you know definitive number three on the team. So this is obviously what I do every single time after we draft a player. I just start making these ludicrous uh, <laughs> best case I love scenarios. It I get so him. pumped about our team, and I think this team can't lose. <laughs> clear eyes, so, clear heart, Ian. Come on. Full eyes. Twink. Full eyes, sorry. Clear heart, whatever it is. Full can't, eyes, full heart. Can't, can't lose. lose. There we go. Jalen Tolbert right after us. I'm cool with that. Cool with that value right there. So now oh, we're gonna Brevin, be back here. Brevin Jordan off the board, man. So like these tight ends I've been targeting are all gone. So I'm definitely glad to have uh Dallas Goddard on board. Matthew Stafford. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. There's no questions. Rocket. I, I, I kind of thought that guy was going to try to try to take one of them. <laughs> if Rogers and Carr comes back, we I'm take fine. one. Take, yeah. Yeah. We take one. The other quarterback I would be willing to put for later, and they go so late in these, like you can just kind of read the board, but it would be Tua uh, yeah. or Trevor Lawrence. Before we get back to drafting, let's do it. There quick. goes Aaron Rodgers right after us. Let's do a quick few ads. To Tua, pay. the guy that has Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, don't do that at home, folks. Don't do it if you're in a high-stakes draft either. So sorry, Team 10. Like, Not that your team's bad, but that's that's silly. Go ahead, Ian. As, as Dwayne's kicking off these ad reads with a fantastic start. Again, PFF has a lovely new app. All of our fantasy football advice, rankings, analysis, betting dashboards, latest premium football analysis, all in the palm of your hand. The app is free to download and use until the 2022 season starts. When you sign up, leave us a five-star review with your 2022 Super Bowl prediction and final score, and we'll share the best ones on the show. So just a great opportunity here. Again, free. To download and use until the 2022 season starts and if you happen to be you know a pff plus subscriber obviously you're going to have all that more throughout the season so once again can't stress enough like we are do everything we do at pff fantasy football betting the analysis like it's all driven towards actionable takeaways for you to go be a more informed fan better fantasy football player whatever it is being smarter in any of these is just going to help your bottom line at the end of the day so go check out the pff app once again free to download and use until the 2022 season starts and when you sign up leave us a five-star review with your 2022 super bowl prediction and final score and we'll show the we will share the best ones on the show also, if you haven't heard by now, Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football this summer. Looking at it, you got to get in there soon because it's actually going to be done once the NFL kicks off on Thursday. But Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code PFF. And if you play just 10 of those dollars using promo code PFF, you get a free PFF subscription. Underdog drafts close before NFL kickoff. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store. Play $10 with code PFF and draft your best ball mania team today. 
Also get ready for the NFL week one action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And now everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. But on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place just a $5 bet on any football game. That's code PFF only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine one per new customer. Minimum five dollar deposit and wager. Two hundred dollars issued as eight twenty five dollar free bets. Also, everyone, our newest partner is revolutionizing the world of sports betting and fan engagement by making sports fandom profitable. That company is Symbol, the sport, the stock market for sports. Symbol was a PFF sponsor last year, and they are back for this football season. Symbol lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks and even earn cash dividend payouts when your teams win. Symbol took the throw of sports betting and combined it with the profitability of the stock market to give you a platform where fortune favors the fan. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store and use code Ian, I-A-N, to receive a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. The PFF team is even getting into Symbol market themselves this season. Create a free account, enter code Ian to get a free stock valued up to $150 and compete against the PFF Forecast podcast this season on Symbol. Shout out to any content creators also listening to us. Uh, if you're planning on drinking a bunch of beer during your podcast, you probably do the ad reads, you know, before you're four or five deep. So just a word of advice from your boy, Ian. Still a great day to be great regardless of the way. <laughs> I thought you did a fabulous uh, job. So thanks, man. Thanks, man. You, you seem like you're a true professional at ad reads as well as drinking beer. <laughs> best, <laughs> best, best of both worlds, some might say. <laughs> All right. Rodgers and Carr off the boards. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow teams took them. Go ahead. That's fine. It's fine. Hey, we read, we still, it worked out. We read the board perfectly. Uh, you get Matthew Stafford in round 14 and allowed us just to keep plowing through all these other guys. And so, Dwayne, uh, are, are we going to panic and take another quarterback next? Hell no. No, no. We, we definitely, we've got Tua and, and Trevor on our minds, depending on what happens elsewhere. We might take a swing on one of them, but no. Looking at the best available players, wide receiver. I feel like I'm not jinxing everyone if I just list a bunch of them, right? Come on. No, yeah, and at this point, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Pierce, Miko Hardman, Paris Campbell, Jameson Williams even. Then we get the Kenny Galladay tier. That's just, Ugh. oh, man. Well, I, I need to isolate Kenny in his own tier and move him down, I think. Just he was like, available in round 18 the other night of a main event. <laughs> He's that player, I think at the running back position, like it was Matt Breida for me most of this offseason, where it's like, if you had any thoughts of drafting the guy, like you put him above Kenny Galladay, you put him above Matt Breida. Like, <laughs> if you're like, okay, I want nothing to do with him, you put him below. Like he's kind of that, like, uh, he, he's the levy that you just kind of want to have between. The so in that draft, guy. I passed him and I just took Curtis Samuel. I said, give me the explosive playmaker. Uh, you know, no Kenny. I don't hate it, man. I mean, the. I know it's just a report, but that mannequin storyline. <laughs> oh, that was that was just a it was a very descriptive way to describe what I think a lot of us were thinking. So shout out, uh, whatever whatever guy came up with that. Best running backs available: Isaiah Spiller, Daryl Williams, Mike Davis, Jeff Wilson, Deontay Foreman, Eno Benjamin, Hassan Haskins. Eno actually went a little bit earlier, I believe. 
Dwayne, I will say, based on what we saw in the preseason, Jeff yeah, Wilson. Sorry. Jeff Wilson looks like the 49ers RB2. Sermon's now completely out of the picture. I know Tyrion Davis Price still third round pick and he's already off the board. But if we see in week one, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Elijah Mitchell is going to be this 20, 25 carry per week back like he was last year. Look at what happened last year for that to take place. Raheem Mostert gets two carries. He's out for the season. Jeff Wilson was on freaking IR, I believe, in the pup list until week nine, 10, never really seemed to get his feet under him. Trey Sermon was so bad that when they finally had to put him in the game, Kyle freaking juice check was taking a lot of the action. So Jeff Wilson is someone that we've seen Shanahan comfortably hand over the entire backfield to before he actually got hurt in the first place. So I don't think Wilson's a legit threat to Elijah Mitchell. I, but man, Dwayne, like for a backfield that I think on the one hand we recognize is full of uncertainty. We've seen it year after year with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. A lot of people awfully confident that Mitchell is going to keep that every down roll. And that's before even mentioning uh, Debo Samuel. So I do think that Jeff Wilson has a couple outs in terms of potentially being like, if Jeff Wilson ends up having a Michael Carter, Daryl Henderson-esque role as like a 30, 40% snap guy with handcuff upside, that wouldn't be the most shocking thing to me. And he's going so far after the guys. He's someone that I, you know, we asked the question, like who's going to be on the cover of the week uh, two waiver wire report. Jeff Wilson, I'm not saying he'll be on the cover necessarily. Elijah Mitchell gets hurt though, maybe. And even if he doesn't, if we just get pure confirmation, if it's Mitchell out there for 70% of the snap, let's say I'm just wrong. It's Mitchell and Jeff Wilson for even 30%, man. That's going to be enough to have a lot of people wanting to have Jeff Wilson on the roster. So he's someone that, yeah, if it doesn't work out and let's say TDP is the number two, okay, fine. We'll cut Jeff Wilson in week two then. But, you know, I've had some people send me their teams and uh, one one friend took like Joe Flacco in the last round. I'm just like, man, there's there's no scenario where you're ever going to play this guy. Like, don't be afraid to take the backup running back. They're easier than ever to release if it's not going to work out. But my God, they're upside compared to any other position at this point in the draft, uh, just as world's higher. So if he does fall to us, Dwayne, I've heard worst things. And he's already off the board, so F me. Yeah, no, it's okay. But I think it's, I mean, everything you said is right. Um, I think there's a chance for Wilson um there's a chance for tdp there's a chance if you're in a 20 team draft like this to draft jordan mason with the last pick and then you just see what happens in week one when the true unveil happens that really no beat reporter no one uh in the city of san francisco knows except for kyle shanahan and and then you know you, you can just shed the weight afterwards but if you hit like we saw what that means with elijah mitchell last year when we all thought that really trey sermon was the dude behind mostert um and that wasn't the case. By the way, Dwayne, what's up with all this unofficial depth chart victory lapping? I thought we all did a decent job throughout the preseason of of chilling out on that shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden week one comes around and I, I just I'm 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 seeing, you know, the depth chart quote tweet, like, and here's your best ball exposure at zero percent for a guy. Like, can we wait till Sunday at least? Like, come on at this point, people. And we'll see what happens with these depth charts. But you know, I went back and I looked at the 49ers week one depth chart from last year. RB2, Trey Sermon. Like Mitchell was listed as a tie for RB3 with freaking Jermichael Hasty. Brandon Ayuk, who played behind Trent Sherfield, was listed ahead of Trent Sherfield. And not every team is the same, but my God, like the like national reporters, like just going over the, this Pittsburgh Steelers situation. And I just really think it's a bunch of complete nonsense. So uh, we're getting the, you know, James Robinson listed over Travis Etienne, even though there's an or right next to the guys. Like it's, 
do you guys th- do you guys really think that the head coach is just taking time out of his day to go to the team website and make sure that his depth chart is completely like aligned? Come on, just spare me this, man. Use the preseason snaps. First team preseason snaps. I thought we were all clear on this. Apparently we aren't. So even if this is only reaching one person out there, just realize that. Thoughts here as we get into the late round 15. Dwayne still have Mike Davis. My, my thoughts are team people are freaking definitely drafting off my tight end data. Like I'm guaranteeing that the Brevin Jordan pick, the Mo Alley Cox pick in round 15, the David and Joku picks. These are guys that um, I've just been pounding in the late rounds, especially in this format Um, and utilization. You know, if if you don't have one of the, look, the key to a ceiling for the tight ends is you have to have the elite talent. But like, if you want a shot at being in that top 12, like if you get 75 to 80% of the routes and all the guys I just named have done that in the preseason. So those are all guys. I just moved Mo Ali Cox <laughs> into the queue. Um, Bellinger I have over there, but we can wait. Um, I had, thought I put Logan Thomas over there too. I know you brought him up, um, so I'll put him over there as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's still available. So we don't have to take one right now, though. I think I'm back off of that. My thought, honestly, is we have four running backs. I want Dontrell Hilliard right here. I think he is. Well, damn it, we have we have Derek, but this late, that's fine. Round 15, this late, I don't mind cuffing. We took Derrick Henry in round two. You get you get Dontrell Hilliard in round 15. Um, and then I think we turn around, and honestly, we come back with either Mike Davis or Jalen Warren. Um, uh, because, like, Mike Davis, we talked about the early season stuff. Jalen Warren, I do believe, is now the backup to um, Najee Harris, who has a full every-down workload. Do we want to take Jalen first just for – like the bigger swing on like the other guy, or do you want to just get Hilliard? I think Hilliard will come back around. I'd be more concerned about Warren going first. Okay. Yeah. And and they both can go in this range, but it is just a matter of like, you know, which one do we want to make sure we have? So let's go ahead and take Jalen Warren. So that's fine. I mean, Najee seemingly healthy off the list, Frank, but it's certainly not an ideal little note to get uh, about what he was dealing with throughout August. So I, I control Hilliard. You're like Mike Davis next, like knowing that, like Mike Davis, I don't know for sure what he does on this roster because we have so many receivers. Mike Davis I mean, is going to be irrelevant by like week four or week five. I don't think we're going to be. Maybe, sure. but th- here's the one thing we have to say. I agree. And we discussed that earlier, but what if JK Dobbins has issues? What if Gus Edwards has issues? What Maybe if one, one of them comes back were, and get, were we lining up? Were we lining up to play Devonte Freeman last year? Like, well, I, I I get it, um, but to me, this is also a back that they've had there all preseason, I, I, and they don't have all the offensive line injuries. That was the other domino last year. Was like every like half the offensive line was hurt. Um, so I do think I don't think it's tomatoes, you know, potatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Uh, That's fair. I, I get where you're going. Um, again, I'm looking at ADP. The other option here is I never take this player ever. But Miko Hardman, we have Sky Moore. If we just want to place a bet on, well, we think we have the Chiefs wide receiver three between the two. Um, but I'm also fine just steering off of it and taking Dontrell Hilliard here and just making sure we have Tennessee a heavy run attack. And we do believe that Don, we're, look, we could be wrong, but preseason has, at least what preseason has told us is that Dontrell, Dontrell Hilliard is firmly ahead of Hassan Haskins. Let's go with Dontrell Hilliard. Boom. Okay. Done. I'm picturing that like that meme where it's like the three people in the church with all like the guns to their head. And it's like, you know, Tony Pollard, like in round seven, then it's like Naeem Hines in round 11. And then like the person with the sniper up in the rafters is actually like Doncho Hilliard, Hilliard. Round, round 16. I mean, dude, 
Deontay Foreman was fine last year. Don Joey Hurd was really convincing some people that he was going to be the guy. I mean, that Patriots game he had over, he busted like 70 yard touchdown run. Like Hilliard could be someone where maybe they do feel confident enough giving him 12, 15 carries in the absence of a uh, Deontay Foreman. I still think Haskins would be involved, but Hilliard certainly, uh, if, if we're looking at in Carolina, like Chuba versus Foreman, it's certainly Hilliard over Haskins uh, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who knows? Like some of these things by week three, we'll know that, well, actually, and again, things can change as the season goes, which is where the utilization report will come in super freaking handy for all of Ooh. you. So just remember that. Um, and that's what it's all about, right? Is figuring those things out as we go. But right now, what utilization tells us, and again, folks, think about it this way. I know some people will say preseason doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But remember, a lot of you played high school football. It doesn't matter. You didn't play high school football. You played any high school sports. You played any sport at any moment in your life you realize that there's a first team, there's a second team, there's a third team. And now not the way the coaches deploy those players every time in the preseason. There are certain games where they may just be, obviously, just playing guys to get a look at them. But at the end of the day, like, you know, Ian, you played. Like, you were probably on the first string a lot. Dwayne was on the second string. <laughs> like, I, I knew that I probably wasn't playing unless someone was hurt. We had a savage, um, uh, Dwayne, we had a savage system of, uh on my defense in high school, the starting 11 on varsity defense got to wear this like gold pullover penny during practice. So we were like the gold shirts. Uh, our colors were green and gold. So gold shirts were starters, but you know, if you get benched, then the coach had to come over to you and be I like, I thought you were about to go like, uh, you know, uh, game of Thrones on me there with like the gold, the gold cloaks, <laughs> uh, you know, they've got their own Island. Ian had his own Island growing up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I remember it was like seeing just like coaches have to go over to guys for like, Hey man, you know, I, I need that gold penny. I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a heartbreaker, uh, right there, man. I don't want to get into again. We like to sit the football here. I don't know. 20, it's an hour 45 in. Have you been watching, uh, have you been watching house of the dragon, the new game of Thrones? Spin-off? I have, I've, I did not watch. Yes. You watched this, Oh my this, God. I haven't dude. watched this Sunday because there was so much college football on. I just played college football and I was drafting dude, having college football on while I'm drafting fantasy NFL teams is like, that's my jam on uh, Labor Day weekend. So you'll know next year when we all hang out and like this will be the fortress. Um, you know, this will be the house of uh, not dragons, but of fantasy drafts. Um, well, it'll be the house of drafts, uh, both <laughs> here go. and we'll fantasy drafts. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, we'll actually label it. Maybe we'll just stream live like, you know, you and Daigle just trashed over in the corner. You know, <laughs> there's the uh, passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just uh, just just for the record, but dude, it's so good. It's so oh, good. God. I watched the first uh, two episodes with future Mrs. Tits, and uh, just like I told Jul- I told Julia from the first episode, I was like, Damon, I- I'm I'm a Damon guy, and she was like, No, he sucks. I go, No, just just you wait. I'm a Damon guy, and my God, Dwayne, when he's going to be Jamie, up, he's going to turn a corner. Oh my, yeah, exactly. And you're going to see the that character corner. arc will develop. You'll be like, I hate this guy, and you're like, They're making me like him. Oh, he's incredible. <laughs> and uh, I, I and what I found out, like, I'm just you know, if there are game of thrones truthers out there like i I just didn't realize this was still going off of the books and stuff so like it makes sense to me like how it is maintaining uh being so well written and stuff but i just love uh because i I didn't watch any of the game of thrones when it was going live and so i kind of missed out on all the meme stuff and after finishing last night you know i was just typing in just like cackling at uh some of the stuff they had going on so i won't spoil it never want to be that guy uh just absolutely love it uh so far so yeah that's our uh, that's our the House of Dragons uh, intersection with the PFF. Oh, Ruby loves House of Dragons. She's going nuts out there. Yeah, there we so. go. 
as we get into round 17. I will say, when I've seen uh, some of the week one uh, DST rankings going out there, feeling pretty good about uh, feeling pretty good about our choices so far. 49ers, Colts, Broncos, Browns, seeing them littered throughout the top seven, top eight. And guess what? They're all going to be back there again in week two. So what I need to do, I, there's still time to do it this year, but I was thinking, Dwayne, like if we did the deep like what if we just kind of built like the streaming guide for defenses like throughout the 17 weeks like really looked ahead it'd probably be overestimating our ability to know like which offenses are going to be good and bad uh at the season but no, i think actually as we have more data and if you're only projecting two or three weeks ahead so it's pretty much how i handle my high stakes teams um and, and the easiest cheat code for it we've talked about this a little bit in the past is just which teams have terrible quarterbacks that are turning over the, the ball all the time, and you just want the defense that's playing against those. And now if the defense also has the other things that you've talked about, like there's actually quality, which you know, you're know you kind of grading by using the Havoc grade, which I really love. I think if you can pair those two things together, um, what I will do often, because I don't want to spend, in a league like this, we have a $1,000 fab. We haven't really talked about that much. So I don't want to spend you know even $17, $20, five thirty five dollars any no. certain week to to get a defense but it's what it takes that is basically what they will often go for to get the top one for the week but what you can do is if you can plan one week ahead and you can get them for a dollar and so if you can do that um, and sometimes it may mean like you got a player that's hurt and you may carry two defenses for one week right and then move on to the next one like there's all sorts of ways to play it i typically still try to only have one defense on my team until i get down to the end of the season and I'm trying to like win my points race and then I might be carrying two defenses and we know so much. And usually by the, by then the wire is so combed over even backups, backups, backups have all been like hashed through. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, like in, in every season is a little bit different, but at that point, like I'm much more willing to do it. So no, I love, I love the idea and I love the fact that you just volunteered for it and that I don't have to. <laughs> I've already, I've already started it. So I guess so. I'll, uh, I'll that's, that's my carry the mantle, business. Ian, just carry yeah, it proudly, right. you know, as you do everything. Come on. Great day to be great after all. All right. We are into the middle of round 17. Jameis Winston off the board. See how that's more reasonable. You take, I already had Jalen Hurts. They probably didn't need Jameis Winston, but at least they're taking him around 17. It's not the Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, nine to 11 round uh, switch. So it's not like you can't ever take two quarterbacks, but at least, you know, save one of those last round picks for it. And also like maybe just take one quarterback. I don't know. We've got some friendly banter going on down here in the chat, Ian. Um, so I think you're overreacting. I simply said he was bad at, as he, I guess somebody's calling somebody bad at drafting. Oh man. As are all the others. Yeah. Not you. Okay. Uh -oh. Well, you're, you're not a butt snuffle, <laughs> whatever that means. Oh, I think that's a reference to team. No, I don't know. Like team one is called sore dick bottle. I don't know what that means, but anyway, we're getting uh, feisty in forward. here. Yeah. Yeah. So, but usually when people are chatting in the, uh, in the chat room, like most of the guys that are drafting all the time, that might be like what we used to call like in the, in the, in the poker days of multi-tabling, where you're playing like four or five poker tables at one time. So like Chad Schroeder, like the best like season long drafter, like on the planet, like he's won more than anybody. It's not, it's not debatable. Um, like he multis these, right. He'll be drafting four or five of these, like as well as many people can just draft one at a time. So he doesn't have time to chat. So usually when I see people chatting down there, it honestly just makes me happy because I'm like, Oh, like these people have time to chat. Like I'm, I'm not in here with like, you know, all pros, 
um, and it's typically a good thing. Um, and, and not to knock any of these drafters. There's actually several teams in here that I like. There's been a lot of value in these drafts, but typically, to, chat, typically chatting is good. Oh, oh, here comes Ian. <laughs> I, I was trying to rile him up. I said, let's get the gloves. <laughs> oh yeah, like, you got, you got problems, I'm a, problems now. Now, gloves, now. I, I'm gonna have to podcast this whole thing on my own. Ian's in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> As Dwayne's talking about just how people shouldn't be in the chat. I'm typing a message. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Sony Michelle, Zach Moss off the board. I don't hate the Sony pick there around 17. Very I don't well. either. There we I go. Like I like some Curtis Samuel. Um, I, I, I like, look, explosive playmaker, 75%. Uh, route participation in the preseason. They're going to run 11 personnel all the time. Would we be surprised, Ian, if we looked up after week three and we're like, whoa, Curtis Samuel's the wide receiver, too, on the commanders. Like, it's in the range. The dude just got paid. We know he's a really good player. He's just been hurt. So my thought is taking him. Um, then you could talk me into Mike Davis or Trevor Lawrence going back or Daniel Bellinger. Let's take so, Curtis. Let's take Curtis. Okay. So we got two picks to us, and then you know you can tell me what you want to do going back. Like we were considering Mike Davis in round fifteen. I think I that's know. probably the pick there. Yeah, to me, there's still the most upside there if they leave him. And and again, to your point, like once he does wear down, like we're not in best ball here. Yeah. Let's say all of a sudden J.K. Dobbins is fully healthy, and we see him. We're looking at utilization. J.K. Dobbins is slowly rising, just taking over. We, we can easily cut Mike Davis. You know, we find out that Gus Edwards is going to be back, you know, week five and he's going to play like we can let it sit for one week and then cut him. Like if, if, if that all works out, but he could still come in handy. And if for some reason, one of those guys are delayed, like I, I still think that running back could be decent. Um, I would say the next pick for me would probably be Bellinger on this team or Trevor Lawrence. You can let, think, I have Jameson Crowder in the queue, but I could let him go. I do. I, I was looking at Lawrence. There goes Crowder right group. after we say. Yeah, go ahead. I'd be cool with Davis or Lawrence. I don't see the. I think Bellinger. I, I don't see the Bellinger thing, man. Well, here's the thing with Bellinger. Like, uh, Ricky Seals Jones is out for the season, so I mean it's yeah. Bellinger now at this point. And Galladay in the doghouse. Kadarius, as much as we love him, can he stay healthy? Wondell Robinson, as much as we like him as well, he's another rookie that most people thought was a third or fourth round pick. He did go in round two, which has been our defense of him all preseason of being like, there's a disconnect between where he went in the NFL draft and where he's going in fantasy drafts. It did finally catch up. But to me, like that just means there's definitely opportunity for Bellinger. And at tight end, remember, folks, like talent is still the biggest thing, but you get to play against you're, you're against a lot of zone coverage. You're against a lot of guy. Hardett's playing downhill. He's got to read his keys, play action. Daniel Bellinger may not be that good, but he's behind Hardett's, you know, I'm just saying like, reception. Now you probably catch up and tackle him. You know, he's not taking off for 20. I don't, I don't think Bellinger's a given like 90% route guy though. I don't I think saw, he's I 90, think. but I think, I don't think there's a way that I don't think that he's 70 to 80. They've shown us every preseason game. Now, I'm not saying we have to take him here. Like we can now here's the thing. We, we have one pick remaining. The next two picks have to be kicker and defense. I'd prefer to go Davis or Lawrence. All right. Uh, how much time we got? 22 seconds. Okay. Keep an eye on it. You know, the one you want. I've got Mike Davis at the top. Cool. All right. I'm asking, asking that Mike Davis Lawrence or Lawrence, Mike Davis or Lawrence, nine, eight. I'm taking Mike Davis. These people are going to cut. Oh, he says T-Law. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go with T-Law. You get him? Yep. 
Yeah. Hey, okay. Matt, Matt says T Law on the squad. It's fine. There, there, there is a scenario where I could, I, like, I, I don't see the Lawrence Burrow leap that some people have floated out there, but I could see Lawrence being in the Stafford Dak tier when it's all said and done. Yep. And you know, this is a, uh, as Ian referred to, and he thought he came up with this word, but I think actually Game of Thrones actually has used this word. It's a triumvirate. I don't think I've ever said that word in my life. You have. No, you have. You're going to have to go back and listen. You did. You probably mispronounced it. I mean, but. (laughs) All right. Three. Three three of us. It's it's a team of three. The chat's going nuts again. Girl Scout podcast on this draft. (laughs) Oh, they're throwing out. They know who you are. They're they're, they're throwing out the, the, or did you already throw out some stuff around, uh, Cause that's uh UFC, I said, right? I just said great day, but great earlier. Yeah. Now we're talking UFC. We got comms comms at Chamayev, Nate Diaz uh, this weekend. That's going to be a, it's going to be interesting, man. They're basically serving Nate Diaz up to the wolves here. Last fight of his contract. Comms nickname is literally uh, a, a, a Borge Borg. I think it's like a Russian for wolf. So really, really going there undefeated on the rise. If he beats Nate, he's, you know, probably might get a title shot, maybe one fight away from a title shot, but, Nate Diaz only been finished once in his whole career. It's going to be interesting, Dwayne. Kind of a kind of a weak pay per view overall. I don't love Tony Ferguson versus uh, Lee Jingalang, but it's one of those things. We'll see. <laughs> I have no clue about anything you're talking about. I, <laughs> but I, I love the energy, Harditz. Dude, UFC is like the greatest. Like I just watched that so much in my like mid early twenties, uh, just grinding like fantasy years, you know no girlfriend, no nothing. And you just got these fights going on every single Saturday night year round. Like that was freaking made for single loser, mid twenties males like myself, man, just absolutely grinding uh, every fight I can get my hands on. It's, it's a very, and going to the games, man, I think going to fights and hockey games, you get the biggest like plus EV to kind of like your happiness and experience by like being at the game versus watching on TV. I don't agree with the, uh, some people in our industry are like super anti ever going to an NFL game. I agree. I don't, I wouldn't want to like go to a 1 PM or a 4 PM game, but I think standalone, man, there's a lot to be said there. You tailgate, you go out there, you go get invested in the city, man. Like, come on people. We can go to a football game. I know beer costs freaking too much, but we work for a reason. Go have some fun. <laughs> what's the last football yeah. game you've been to Dwayne? how long uh the last football game i've been to last year uh, there we go yeah i mean i usually go i try to go to a couple of cowboy games i only went to one last year obviously with our jobs um i had a couple i had to pass on on sunday night um because of our sunday night yeah. pod but it, you know hey we're loving what we get to do so we you got a uh, sacrifice but the, uh, the Dolphins. And what's funny to... is like you would totally let me. Like if right. I was like, dude, I got a cowboy ticket. I'm going. You'd be cool. <laughs> but you know, I know it's a two hour pod, so it's kind of a brutal, <laughs> you know, solo Thursday and uh, Mondays, man. Those are our days, and Cowboys get plenty of those. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So Thursdays and Mondays are the easiest. You know, even if you, uh, I think you could pull off an early game on Sunday. You know, I mean, because you don't like as much as we're monitoring, we don't have to be tweeting. Like we don't have to be. Yeah. Like we could. You do. You tweet from anywhere. Like. Yeah. We're, we're, we're at a, Ian and I are in Canton out there for the fantasy football expo. And we're like at a karaoke bar, everybody's going bananas, you know, and my, I have your notifications turned on. So like my, my phone's buzzing and like, I don't even notice you like you're a ninja. Like I never even see you on your phone and there's a new tweet from you. 
you know <laughs> uh sh- sh- shout out roto pat pat dottery like you know loved working with him briefly uh nbc sports and roto world back in the day but like pat said it one time when we were just you know having uh, f- far too many beers just one of those nice he said that he thinks in tweets and I-, I feel the same way sometimes man so just over the years like if i think about something football fantasy related i usually just type it out and hit send and i'll tell you what Dwayne, if i type out a tweet and it's every single character like it needs to be pretty messed up for me not just to send it i feel like if i naturally like write out the t- it makes no sense but like if it's what 240 characters if i hit exactly 240 like i'm usually just hitting send uh right away and dealing with the consequences later so yeah great day to be great great day to be great the only thing about the you, you got everybody hyped up in here uh, the only thing about the uh see this tomorrow oh nice the only thing about the notifications I, I hate that uh people still get notified like when you respond to someone i don't think the mention should notify anybody because like i'm probably still going to do a bunch of actually i might do uh i think what i'm gonna do this year is yeah, when, when, when you when you start when you start doing your start set stuff stuff i'm gonna mute you that's what I'm saying. So I, I think what I might do this year, because I, I do, I take the time on Thursdays and Sundays to answer a bunch of you guys' questions, but I know there are a lot of people that have me on notice. So from that standpoint, I can understand how freaking annoying it is to get 50 freaking buzzes from me in 20 minutes, whatever it is. So I think what we're going to do is I'm just going to go live on YouTube, maybe drag Dwayne in there, Nathan, Kevin, whoever the hell uh, we, we can get over there on Thursdays, Sunday mornings as well not going to be a podcast. It's literally going to be a start sit stream, get in there, list a comment. There'll probably be some sex bots going around too. Always fun when those are showing up there (laughs) and we'll have a good time. We'll get those questions answered. I'll be able to answer more of them. Just, you know, looking at the comments and speaking them out loud, hopefully, you know, good sense of urgency. And then that way, you know, we're not pissing off uh, all the masses there. So get again to round 19. I believe all of our defensive targets are gone, Dwayne. So we might need to, uh, do a bit more research here on the fly. I got Baltimore up. They, they get the Jets. Yeah. I got Philly just because I just want to gamble on them because I'm like, I'm just so into the Jordan Davis pick and some of these other, what they've done in their secondary. I'm just kind of like, you know, just let me roll the dice on Philly. Um, so we'll, we'll, like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes back down here to us. Eagles got the Lions. Cincinnati is always the backup plan. They play Pittsburgh. They'll the play Eagles Pittsburgh. did. So the Eagles did pop. They actually popped in my study, Dwayne. They didn't make the cut because... Our strength, yeah, the the, the, the Vikings the, the schedule, yeah. Our strength to schedule tool was lower on the Vikings than I was. I will say though, I mean, I w- I wouldn't be against getting the Eagles because we can play in Week One, fine. Even if you know home against the Vikings in Week Two, we all know how Kirk Cousins performs on Monday Night Football. I don't think they're going to be ranked like 25th next week or anything like that. And then if we can just get by that, now we got days against the commanders and the Jaguars where they're going to be right there, you know, in the top 10, if not the top five. So I'm more than fine with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I am too. I am too. So I do they I, add I a Bradbury good. too. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like with the upgrades in the secondary. So, so now they've got Darius Slay, who is a, a monster in man coverage. You know, Bradbury is really like the zone coverage is like his, main thing like he will still in both but both guys have shadowed in their past now they're 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 not you know these are not spring chickens anymore but there's two of them i i I like what the eagles have done you know on defense and i and i think there's an opportunity for them to play with more leads this season i like the offense overall you had aj brown you get jalen hurst taking another step forward the offensive line is actually healthy i I just think there's a lot of things to like about the eagles added you know Gardner Johnson from the Saints recently as well. It's just, you know, Dwayne, both of us here, Cowboys fans, 
we're pretty objective about the whole thing, but my goodness, like, I don't know how you can be a Cowboys fan. Like, look at what they've done this offseason compared to the Eagles and feel anything but terrible. It's like every need the Cowboys kind of had this offseason, they basically like just didn't do all that much to address. Okay. They went back to some, some alignment in the draft and things like that. But to see the Eagles like go out, Jordan Davis, AJ Brown, you know, Chauncey, Chauncey, like just one home run after another and like these aren't this is not like the jaguars like just overspending on some players to fill these needs like i think they did a pretty good job uh getting these guys and you know there goes philly we've we've never talked about philly before they go it's fine i got the ravens in here they play the jets week one the ravens actually get all their cornerbacks back so there's a similar story for them yeah, I'm cool with Baltimore. I I would almost rather that uh, we get a banged up Zach Wilson, but Joe Flacco is uh just fine as well. Yeah, Joe Flacco, you get the revenge game. Like, Man, yeah, like probably like the fifth version of it, but whatever. <laughs> Joe Flacco's gonna play till he's freaking 48 if he wants to. Just, but he he's been so good. Like I just accepting the backup role and kind of just saying the right things and going out there, making the most out of limited opportunities. Like, come on, man, Chase Daniels played the song. You know, how long Joe Flacco can play football. If he feels like it, just cashing those, you know, six to $8 million yearly checks. <laughs> yeah. He's almost as big of a hero to me as Chase Daniel at this point. And Hey, no one can. All take right, so that. Ian, th yep. this could be our last draft. I'm not, I don't, I don't ever want to close the book completely. These <laughs> drafts will be open for you folks. Num huge shout out to FFPC on this. FFPC actually comped Ian and I, a team to play with Matt. Um, you know, we told them what we were going to be doing and they were all in on it. Um, you know, the guys over there, Alex, Dave have been awesome to us all preseason. We've loved drafting on their, on their platform. I've drafted on their platform for years. I've got, I've, I've had some really good finishes there, but like just good people. So you folks get over there. Um, they're still, they've expanded the competition, the football guys, players championship. You can get a three pack for a thousand dollars, or you can play three, pay three fifty for a team. They still got main events left. Those are 2000 each. So if you want to get in these streets and play, I will honestly say this has been, um, the most value I've seen in a main event. Like in this, like I said, is my sixth one. So, I mean, maybe drafting during the week, you know, is the perfect thing. So I don't want to totally close the book Ian on you and I maybe pulling the trigger on one more later this week. We'll see what happens. But since this could be our last draft that we're no, broadcasting, this no, we're season, not talking about the kicker. We're not. No, you, you're selecting them. Oh, my you, goodness. you have to pick the kicker. I, I I've never made you do this. <laughs> so you, you get to pick the kicker on the final uh, pick of our draft. By the way, I think I will be. I'd be down maybe tomorrow night. You're just going to let it expire. He's going to try and talk and let this expire. I'm going to empty the queue, so you can't do this. You actually have to pay. You have to pick oh someone. God, I fine. just emptied the queue. All right, I'm hitting draft. We're taking Jason Sanders, whoever the hell. <laughs> well, we stayed on brand at least. I would be. Uh, I will be down to maybe do a draft tomorrow night, join even if we have to uh, go into the midnight streets. I can't. Uh, I can't guarantee how sober we'll be at that point. But you know what? Sometimes uh, we've, we've had a few beers in this one. The draft went pretty damn well, in my humble opinion. So we'll see. It definitely won't be another championship, but we can get a, I mean, it won't be, you know, the 1K entry, but we yeah. can get our football guys in. Yeah. So, yeah, man, this has been awesome. I've loved doing these. Um, I know this is something that you and I talked about in the offseason that we wanted to do. It was one of our goals was we wanted to draft more we wanted to do more mid and high stakes oh we accomplished we wanted, that one <laughs> we yeah we wanted to blend uh you know once we you know we've talked about player takes for so long like how do we really you know start to blend all that with strategy and so i feel really good like about where well, we ended up 
you know, with the list, like you listening to us right now, I, I think uh, what we say, probably like seeing us go through an actual draft and being like, oh, those guys actually are capable of putting together a decent team instead of just, you know, rambling on and on about this and that. So it's a situation to, yeah, like I love drafting with you, Dwayne, because I think we're good at it because we put enough freaking work to do it. And uh, especially, and I'm not saying that everyone can even afford, like I've, I've been certainly at points in my life where I couldn't afford to put in uh, as much as we have this year. I know you've, you know, you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. So I'm not a, not saying you can't be a great analyst or a great fantasy football player, you know, without doing a bunch of these, but either way, I just think, uh, being at least exposing ourselves to him a little bit and just some of the, uh, edges we able to get for, you know, softer leagues too, Dwayne, just some of the stuff looking at the high stakes ADP versus the home leagues, uh, throughout August and into the early parts of September, it's given us more edges, uh, I think in our overall analysis than even just, uh, hopefully making a lot of money with it. I know doing the best ball drafts, uh, throughout the summer, uh, it's it's one of those things where when you when you're actually drafting and you actually like know where the players are going in ADP and stuff like that and the way things are changing, it's very hard to fake that uh, if you're not just kind of going through and drafting all the time. So trying to do it uh, for all you lovely listeners out there. But yes, that is going to wrap up our little championship here, Dwayne. Myself, as always, we got Matt on the other line of things as well. So I'm feeling not good about the squad, Dwayne. Great about the squad. Yeah, it's a great day to be great. Uh, you know, Matt's loving the squad as well. Um, and so, like, hey, Matt, we just appreciate you coming through. You know, we threw the opportunity out there to everybody. Um, you did the retweet on social. You know, you tagged someone. You followed the rules. <laughs> Good things happen. Good things happen. Um, so, man, I, I'm looking forward to this team smashing. And like I said, I've drafted multiple of these. This is I, this. is I've not seen this much value fall in any of these drafts. So I think, you know, I... I like this team as much as any main event team that I've drafted so far. Gone over two hours, so we're not going to review every single team here. Dwayne, is there one or two squads, though, that you've looked at and particularly like, or have you not really gone through them at all? I haven't, but but really quickly, like just me kind of scanning, like basically the first thing I look for, like the quick, the value picks, I think that some people got, and then, you know, the structure like of their team. Um, I do think that team nine is pretty yeah, damn salty. Travis Kelsey round one. I know we've been on team digs over Kelsey, but whatever. We're in a tight end premium. Saquon Barkley coming back to you in round two. He typically goes at the beginning of the second round. Probably got a little bit of a slide on him. We talked about Barkley uh, when we auto picked Henry. DJ Moore coming back fine. Travis Etienne, a value in round four. Michael Thomas coming all the way back to you in round nine. Darnell Mooney, not a guy I have a lot of exposure to. I know we're not crazy about him, but at the same time, like I, I, I get it. You know, I mean, the guy, he's the leading target guy on the Bears, and he's done it for two years, right? So I see some people just wanting to totally dismiss Darnell Mooney. And now he doesn't play for the Bills, but his underlying comps look, as far as his talent profile, they look way better than Gabe Davis, and people are going bananas. So then you get Drake London in round seven, come back with Darius Tony in round eight. You get Russell Wilson as your QB1. Then you kind of salt away the running backs behind Barkley and ETM with Damian Harris, who we talked about being a value. Michael Carter was in our queue. It was our top pick. He took it. James Robinson going the other way. Then he gets Evan Ingram, a near 80% route participation player. Jarvis Landry, and eh, no offense. Sorry. But okay. anyway, you nearly you, got you all. Can't of have them. them all. Can't have them all. <laughs> so Sony Michelle in round seventeen, like you even called that one out. Great pick. Denver defense, one of your defenses that you love. He waited even, for kicker in the last round. So even Zay Jones, really wide receiver, him. wide receiver, yeah. eighty nine. Zay Jones round nineteen. Great day to be great. I like that you. team a lot. Team six too, man. Like okay, Josh Allen round four. Not 
egregious, not great, but, but he goes, at, but he normally goes in around three. So you, you at least got a half round value on it. Decent value. They started with Chase CD and Cortland Sutton. We're able to get Damian Pierce and Chase Edmonds after that. Melvin Gordon, Daryl Henderson, Eno Benjamin, Jarek McKinnon, Dearness Johnson filling out the running back room. All those guys have a pretty nice best case scenario. And then after the top three wide receivers, Ayuk Alave, Palmer, Kendrick Bourne, even Kyle Phillips in round 20. Why the hell not? Great day to be great. And then God Dwayne's two of those late round tight ends you couldn't stop talking about in David Njoku and Mo Ali Cox. So uh and yeah. that in the defense, one of your defenses. Exactly. So, yeah. so uh, uh solid 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 draft by I'm, by team six. I'm kind of like you, Dwayne, where I, I scan them and if I see like something that really isn't good, I just kind of dismiss the rest of the team. I almost did that after seeing Allen early, but Middle round four, that's a that's like where we kind of rank Josh Allen, knowing that he usually doesn't fall there. And he did. So and what I like about the team is most teams that start with Chase, Lamb, Sutton, and even if they come back with with Josh Allen, I think there's probably some uniqueness to this team because what most people will do is they've basically been completely trained at this point that I cannot take a running back in round five. Like they they take another receiver. He pulled off something that we've talked about, like two guys we like with Damian Pierce and Chase Edmonds. So instead of just getting one of them, he took two. Um, And while the popular theory may be out there that RB2 should absolutely be the weakest spot on your team, at the end of the day, it doesn't really freaking matter if you're actually right on these players. You know, if you're right on Damian Pierce and Chase Edmonds for the prices that you got them at, I actually like the build and you still come back and get Ayuk and Alave and Njoke and and Joku and the other backs that he has with him. So, yeah, I like I like the build as well. All right, everyone. That's going to wrap it up. I believe our eighth draft completed. Dwayne will tweet out the big board. Check it out over at Dwayne McFarland. I'm over at iHearted. So you guys already freaking know. I don't know why I'm advertising it right now. Go get the PFF app. Set it twice. Say it again. Just just download it, please. Like, just do us a solid. We don't ask you guys for that much. <laughs> if you like it, okay. some use well, it's also it. it's also freaking awesome. So it is. That. You guys are listening to us, so you must at least respect us at some point, especially now if you're two hours and 11 minutes in. So do you think Dwayne and I would put that much work in this app and like just allow it to be shitty? And then like, if it was shitty, like we wouldn't be talking about it. So (laughs) we're talking about it. So there you have it. So uh, with that, with that said, week one's here. Let's go. Going to have plenty of week one related content on the way, filling up your feed. So believe me this is not uh the only thing we're gonna roll with before week one we'll get all those matchups ready uh to go as well and maybe just maybe Dwayne and i'll be back tomorrow night knocking out another one of these drafts so Dwayne, anything else you want to go off your chest no man like you said over two hours but look folks that have been listening appreciate uh, really appreciate you oh, yeah. um and like if you've got drafts left like let's just go crush them man if you haven't um you know waiver wires are coming like we're about to be in you know it's season long grind now, man. And so uh, looking forward to it. The next chat, as Ian says, he's just ready. He's ready to turn the page. Now uh, we might get him excited about one more draft, but we're ready for the season. It's season season for Dwayne. I'm Ian. Thanks so much for tuning in the PFF fantasy football podcast. And until next time, take care. everybody.